If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. At Carvana, we're in the business of driving you happy. And with the widest selection of used cars under $20,000, you're bound to find a car that'll put a smile on your face. Carvana gives you control by letting you customize your down and monthly payments. You can browse tens of thousands of cars online to find one within your budget, and you won't get surprised with any bogus fees. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to shop for a vehicle. Carvana, we'll drive you happy. Availability may vary by market. I'm home caught, it's standing trial. Why ain't I see you round back when I was down? I'm home caught, it's standing trial. Why ain't I see you round back when I was down? They ain't believing me in the beginning. Who wanna hang around now they see me winning? I'm home caught, it's standing trial. What's up, world? It's your boy, Big Core, from the Holding Court Podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by none other than my brother, Master P, Rap Snacks. Available in all stores nationwide. Actually, this is my favorite one right here, Master P, Icons, Rap Snacks. Go pick them up now. What's up, world? This is your boy, Big Court. I'm here on the Holding Court Podcast with a very special guest, you know, person I consider a friend, a brother, double OG, you know what I'm saying, from Compton, California. He has a remarkable story, and we'll get into all that. Does a lot of things in the community. The OG, Chico Brown. What's going on? What's going on with you, bro? You got it, bro. Yeah. Man, I, I appreciate you joining me on the show. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, been rocking with you for some years, you know, through our yeah, mutual yeah. partner. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Master P. Shout out to Big Bro. Um Man, I had to have you on the show, bro. You know I appreciate coming on the show. That's good. <laughs> yeah, I had to come on the show because, you know, um, man, you got such a compelling story, you know. Yeah. And we're going to get into that, you know, because I, I, what I had to show for is to outline the journey. You Ooh, know what yeah. I'm saying? We all got a story. You know, all of us have been through stuff. But I really want to get into the great shit that you're doing in the in the community and what you stand for today. But we're going to drag it back. Okay. We're going to drag it back. We're going to we gonna get gangster. You know what I'm saying? Because we can't get to it without that. You know what I mean? So let's go. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. <laughs> let's start from the beginning. I'm talking about Chico Brown, the, the, the baby, the kid. You know, where, where are you from? I'm from Compton. I'm from Compton. <clears throat> I grew up in Compton, Corner Pocket, mm-hmm. uh, Corner Pocket Crips. I was born in Compton. You know, a lot of people say they're from Compton. Mm-hmm. And they moved to Compton, but I was born and raised in Compton. Um, when, when at an early age, it wasn't Crips; it was just the neighborhood. You know, mm-hmm. I never joined the gang. I the, joined, the gang joined me because I was there before the gangs. Mm-hmm. So we talking about Crips started in '69. I got shot in '76. Drive by. Damn. I was 12. Mm-hmm. My first murder. My friend uh, Norman got shot, got killed, and died in my arms at 15. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I carried a body at 15. So that was just one of probably 30. I've been a part brand over 30 times mm-hmm. through Compton, just living in Compton. So, mm-hmm. you know, not saying that I was so active. I was, you know, just like every other kid grew up in Compton. We played baseball. Both of my parents was married for over 60 years. So I'd yeah. never use that as an excuse. Right. That I was just, you know, grew up with one parent. That's not the case for me. 
grew up in a uh, nice home, you know, had just about everything a young man could want, you know, but I, I think probably in, when I was 13, 14, that's when I started um, carrying the rags, started saying I was a crib, uh, and that just led on to other things in my life, like, mm-hmm. and the drug stuff just all came. We can, you know, get deeper than that. But. Yeah, yeah. I want to get deeper than that, but what I want to start is, what, what was Compton like before? Again, because what year was you born in? I was born in '64. Okay, '64, same year as Easy E, right? Yep. Yeah, and Easy knew each other, right? So, what was Compton like before that? Because I know Compton was white, all white initially. Yeah, you know what I'm saying because Bush is from Compton. Bush is from Compton, right? Exactly. So Compton was a real working class family. People was striving. You know, people. Most people who came from the South moved to Watts. Mm-hmm. If you had a little cash, you you know you moved to Compton, mm-hmm. find a house in Compton. When I actually had. One of my neighbors was a white kid, you know. Oh wow! Growing up in Compton, so <clears throat> when I the first part of Compton, saying we, you know, like good families, everybody had their mother and their father together. Not like it is today. Like all my friends' parents was in the home with them, mm-hmm. so we grew up just like I guess, just like any other family, you know. Father go to work, mother go to work. Your brothers and sister playing basketball, come home and do your homework. Mm-hmm. That's in the sixties and the seventies. Yeah. And then, like, late late part of 69 is that you saw the changes start coming. Yeah. With the gang activity. So was that the influence of Raymond, Raymond Washington? For us, it would be Tookie. Okay. Because Tookie was, you know, yeah. the boys' home was in Compton. So okay. The Red House. The Red House, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Tookie used to come through our neighborhood. I knew who Tookie was. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of my, like, my neighborhood started in 1970, so mm-hmm. a year later. Mm-hmm. So we witnessed that, but it wasn't, you know, it was because the Black Panther house was around the corner, too, mm-hmm. in Compton. Mm-hmm. Um, that's mostly where it, it came from. Mm-hmm. That was the younger kids wanting to get some kind of identity. Mm-hmm. Of what, you know, mm-hmm. if you didn't go to the, like, we all went to the Black Panther house for food, for lunch and stuff mm-hmm. like that because mm-hmm. it was in the neighborhood. But, yeah, I, I for me, my memory go back to. Just the saying that I'm from Corner Pocket, I was 12. Yeah. yeah. 12, Damn, 1976. 12. Yeah. Did you play sports? Yeah, I was good in sports. I think that would kept me, I'm not, like, all of us played sports. Mm-hmm. You know, that was a thing to do. We all mm-hmm. played baseball, football. It was just, uh, you know, the season come, we in. Yeah. We all did that. Yeah. So when did you start seeing, so I guess you start seeing your peers and everybody else, the Crip thing. You just woke up one day and we was like, okay. This is this is the thing we going to put the corner pocket like form first, like because you know how a lot of sets formed is like we we, you know, corner pocket hustlers or whatever. And then usually the crip car came, you know, after the fact. Or did it just start out? It was we, corner, corner pocket. Then it was you know it's OPH. It was you know pocket hustlers. Okay, pocket hustlers. Right, true. right, yeah. right. Like most of them, front of hustlers like that. But right. pocket, you know, it was always that. But the crip came, you know, like I said, like seventy seventy one. Mm-hmm. You know, in '76, I was writing OPH on the wall. Okay. Okay. Corner pocket crib. So that's like original pocket hood. Okay. When I was okay. 12. Who 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 were the OGs? Who who's the original of corner pocket? Who started corner pocket? They got some names, you know, like that I really wouldn't talk about because okay. some, some you know in prison or yeah, some yeah. parole. Like, yeah. but the person who be saying it, he didn't start it. Okay, because I heard the, that's yeah, why that's I had. that's not true. Okay, my OGs is 60, yeah. 60, almost seventy years old. Okay, that's my partner. So I'm the talking. guy that said he started in his garage is not the guy. That's a whole. That's a real lie. Okay, all right. Okay. Do I know him personally? Yeah, he's standing around the corner from my mother's house. Okay, okay. So the so 
would you consider yourself at that time? You 12 years old. You had, I'm assuming you hadn't hopped off the porch in terms of hustling yet. It was just a gang banging. Yeah, it was just a gang banging. And uh, it wasn't, it wasn't a killing. It was just right. claiming this neighborhood. Yeah, 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 we ride our bikes to somebody else's neighborhood. So, I mean, because, you know, I'm, I'm from, coming from Kansas City, right? You know, of course, we had the West Coast L.A. Yeah. influence, you know. And it's so funny because a lot of y'all cats, you know, we mainly had an influx of, uh, I can remember in the 80s. Um, man, we had the influx of 60s and East Coast coming yeah. to our city. And uh, with that, they bought that understanding. And what I watched was I watched a lot of the hustlers in my city, whoever they was copping from is who they align themselves Jumping, with. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So if it was 60, even if we had bounty hunters come into the city yeah. too, because I know these kids, you know, out south from my neighborhood, they was bloods. But my neighborhood turned into a crib neighborhood. Yeah. And I remember just by default, because of where I grew up, you know, you become affiliated just by design. You know what I'm saying? Because now what happens is my friends, their older brothers, they claiming. So now the little brothers is watching them, emulating them. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. now me and my partners, we're friends, right? But when we get into skirmishes, they might be fighting on something else, but I'm fighting with them because they my friends. Yeah, exactly. So now I become kind of scooped up in that. Was that the same for you? Yeah, like growing up in Canada. But then, you know, it wasn't like Crips. It wasn't no Crip on Crip like, yeah. like it is now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was what you say you was. If you Crip, you know you, know you was a Crip because that's the way we dread. Yeah. You know, we we wore the red with the blue rag and pirate was red wore the red rags. We actually in Compton it wasn't no bloods, they was just pirate roots. Pirate roots, yeah. So it was established like if you grew up this street divided us. If you go up on this side you're a pirate root, you go up on this side you're a right. crib. That's what established us from being me from not being over this neighborhood because I was born here. Right. Not that you got jumped in or you claiming the hood because you like that that didn't happen. That didn't go on when we was growing up. Mm -hmm. you, know, you really had to be from it. You yeah. really had to know somebody. You can't just claim a hood because it's popular. Right. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. Right, you was born into it, not born sworn into it. Yeah. yeah, you ain't. Yeah, that's the stuff right there. It's like something. That's new stuff that's happening. But yeah. for us, you know, when we lived on say the east side of Compton, so we was supposed to go to Centennial. Okay, because that was a Pyro school. But right. we still went. Like when I went to Centennial, it was like fifty fifty. Okay, fifty Pyros, fifty Crips, mm -hmm. fifty fifty percent. Like. You know, that we fight every day, just about every day. Where Compton High was the Crips. Group. Compton was all Crips. Yeah. Centennial was Crips and Pyro. Now it's all Pyro. But then when we went, it was it was both because it was Corner Pocket, Carver Park, Mona Park, yeah. Front Hood. We all went there. Yeah. We even caught the bus together and wow. went there. Damn. You know. So <clears throat> what did a young Chico Brown want to be before you got, you know, street poison? Like, what did you want to be as a kid? I think like every young person that grew up in Compton, they really want to play sports. And I was good at sports, mm -hmm. but it, it come at the part of time like, you know, this ain't going to happen. Mm -hmm. And I think I got I did get hurt like in my 10th playing ball, 10th, 11th grade, tore my knee, had surgery when I was in 11th mm -hmm. grade. So I know that was over. Mm -hmm. Never really thought about being the professional because I didn't know nobody that was professional in mm -hmm. that, like a teacher or a, mm -hmm. a lawyer. That, mm -hmm. That's not what I saw every day. I saw people like custodians and janitors. Yeah. No professional that shit job. Wasn't appealing. That wasn't appealing to me. Yeah. 
and my father was a short end cook, like that wasn't gonna make it for me. So you know, that was a early for me. Like, nah, this ain't happening. I gotta do something else. Mm-hmm. So that something else was, and I didn't even like for me. It was like, yeah, started off with a little bit, but mostly in Compton, it was PCP. Yeah. Yeah, right, right. You know, back then, we talking about before the 80s. We talking about way before the crack, it was PCP. Like, yeah. like, you know, Compton was known dip. for that. Yeah. yeah, the good water work. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, so that's that's where the butt naked originated from. Yeah, because that's a lot of a lot of cats from L.A. brought that to my city. Yeah. That wasn't even a thing until, I think, the late 80s, early 90s. I started seeing folks yeah, sure, smoking Sherm. Yeah, like Sherm. Yeah, like, Sherm. the thing. Butt naked, because they naked. always got butt naked. I don't know what it is about that dip. They yeah. hit that shit. They want to take all their clothes off. And that's that's like 79, yeah. 80. And everybody it, in the neighborhood, the dudes, you know, from my OGs, from my neighborhood, all of them, you know, smoking Sherman. Yeah. That was the thing to do. Sherman like, Hamsel. No question. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy, man. Because, yeah, Kansas City, we adopted so much of y'all's culture, you know. Because yeah. in KC, it was more players and pimps, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But y'all brought that West Coast thing. That's why I know it so well, because it was, you know, it was the same understanding. Um, so you said, you mentioned, so you 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 gang, basically, by default, you bang. At 12 years old, you Yeah, you by hustling. default, I got shot at 12. Me That's what and, I was and both of my brothers got shot, got How shot did that at the happen? same time. What was that incident? Just, like, you, we used to hang out, like, in front of my mother's house, and then somebody mm-hmm. drive by, sh- just start shooting. Pyros? No, this happened to be, when I said, it wasn't Pyros, it was another crib. It, it actually was a party that had started, and... Just so a little beef and yeah, just some click shit. Yeah, it didn't it didn't involve to like a cripple crip thing. It was mm-hmm. just that happened. That yeah. Happened. So where'd you get shot? Like in the hand and in the leg. My brother got shot in the face, like in, in the back of his like buckshot. It was shotgun. Shotgun. It wasn't like the Uzis back then. Yeah. This is seventy six. So, so you boom, got boom. hit. You got hit with the, with the with but with the double eye buck or the yeah. triple eye buck. Probably the double eye. I don't know. Because the 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 bird shot is the little BBs. Yeah, that's what I got shot. Oh, okay. okay. There was yeah, always a whole out. bunch of them. Yeah, you <laughs> I got hit with that, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. I got hit with that in the back, in the back of the head. Yeah, my mother had to pick them out. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. that thing, like, burn for real. Burn like a <laughs> bitch, man. Listen, I was at the park one time playing basketball, and it was, I got shot by a friend. He uh, got mad and shit, right? We was talking shit. I was about 14. He had a single-shot shotgun, little like that. Thank God, because as soon as he shot, it spread. spread. That's what happened. So I was about maybe 10 yards away. But he did it kind of, you know, in my direction, trying to fuck with me. But the shit hit me. Yeah, shit burned like a bitch. Yeah, it burned. (laughs) You you know, the shocking thing about that, when when we go to the hospital, you know, we all went to the hospital, like, because there's blood everywhere. So Mm -hmm. picked us up, took us to Martin Luther King, Killer King. Mm -hmm. So we in the hospital. Police really didn't care what was going on with us. Just like, where you from? You know, where you from? We got, you know, y'all gang members, y'all gang members. Like, that was my real first initiation. Like, I'm really a gang member, you know, at 12. Damn. Because this is part of what, this is what I believe in, this stuff right here, mm-hmm. at 12 years old. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I remember the day, like, it was uh, 16, October the 16th. Damn, you remember the exact date. Mm-hmm. Cause this had to be what you said, seventy nine, seventy six, seventy six. I was born in seventy six. Yeah, man, that's, <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. It's almost fifty years ago. Yeah, nah. I was like forty years, forty four. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's crazy, bro. Like you got you was born in seventy six. I was born in seventy six. I was getting shot. I was getting shot. I, I was only I, what, I was, three months old. I was in the gang related. <laughs> yeah, when you was born, was off the porch for real. 
So then you get shot again a couple of months later. Or a couple of years later. Well, I did get shot again. It just like went through my pants, but my man, it went through his through his hair. Like, uh-huh. You know, this was like for me, for us going in the pocket, this is like an everyday event, but we yeah. still go back on the corner. It's right. Until until my friend Norman, we was, you know, we went to, we was headed to school, Centennial, mm-hmm. shooting dice on the bridge, mm-hmm. and then throwing up Crip signs, Pyro throwing up their sign. Mm-hmm. But he starts shooting. Norm turned around and it hit him in the head, in the yeah. middle of the head. So that incident right there, like, that's when the stuff get real because now your parents see that people around you starting to die yeah. at 16, you know. Me carrying a body at 15 years old, that's like, that happened, that happened in 1980. Damn. So when I hear about Crips and Pyroos, like, I, all my life I've been through this. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Right. If you say 80, that right now, that's 41 years ago. Yeah, that's crazy. So, so I mean, so the Pyro, the gang thing, I mean, you there, you're there in the middle of it at its inception. So now you talk about, I know the Pyro with putting and all of them over on Pyro Street. I get it. They basically formed the Pyro's yeah. as to, as kind of a, they didn't feel like they wanted to be oppressed or bullied into the Crip thing, which is why they initially formed the Pyro's, correct? It's it's like that. There's a lot of uh, mm-hmm. people put twists on it. Uh-huh. At first, it was Pyro Street Crip. That's a fact, right? Because Bobby Louie, yeah, Bobby Louie and them, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then whatever happened, they form with the Bloods. Uh-huh. They become Bloods. And so, but but this is the thing. This is the conflicting story that I hear. Where did the blood thing start? Because I know it was always Pyro first. Where did yeah. the blood come in? I mean, I guess in L.A., you know, like they the brims and stuff. Okay. But, and okay. you know, back in the days, people always said young blood. Young blood. Yeah. You know, that was just a yeah. saying. Yeah. But in Compton, for us, it was always pyrus and they, you know, yeah. pyru blood and so. Okay, so blood kind of was a L.A. thing, and pyru was a Compton. Yeah, pyrus were like the dark purple. Ah, I yeah. never knew that. Yeah. Oh, okay. I never knew that. Why purple? It's, it was like a burgundy. It was oh, the burgundy. burgundy color. Okay, yeah, so purple. that's where the burgundy. The burgundy, comes. yeah, the burgundy. Okay, color. okay, yeah. I know Pyrus to do burgundy. Yeah. yeah, they did the burgundy. Okay, okay, and but you know, for this story, Compton, like we all played ball together. That's yeah. like we all knew each other. Right, right. The separation came when we become teenagers, and the game. We all, Man, yeah. Still today, my Pyrus friends, I got a lot of them because we all played. We went to school together. We played ball together. Yeah. You know, and now on the day that we older, we can talk about it. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. you, you've been to some of the events. We sit and talk about that. Yeah, you look back on it like it was some dumb shit. Dumbest like, shit ever. Yeah, yeah. So so now you get shot for a second time. Where'd you get shot again? In the leg. In the leg. Oh, the, the last, the, that time, I didn't get hit by the bullet. It just went through my leg. It's, okay. That's shot. OG. Yeah, yeah shot, I got shot. shot at a lot of times. <laughs> like, shit. Yeah, but that shot shot. That motherfucker yeah. went through. Yeah. So you get shot at 15 so now I'm, i know in the hood we don't address the mental part of that like you gotta i'm sure you're dealing with ptsd Man, you dealing i with think all about that all the time about. i really like for me because yeah. i've been a partner almost 30 times that carried my friends from that grew up with me mm-hmm. 30 27 times i don't know if it's 23 or 30 mm-hmm. but never seen a mental health care from none of that that's crazy and all that time yeah yeah. You know, that's what, like... Now that you're older, can you see things in, in yourself, in your life, where you can say, damn, I can attribute this back to certain shit happening to me? Like, like 
you know, I may be a little leery of people. I may jump when I hear sounds or I'm scared of getting hurt like that again. No, I think I'm emotionally attached from stuff like that. I don't cry about stuff like that. That's real talk. It doesn't even bother me. Somebody said I was fucked up for that. I I haven't cried at a funeral because I've been to so many uh, since I was a teenager. And I'm just so desensitized to death. The only funeral that I that obviously broke me down was my mother's in 2010. But, you know, my father-in-law just passed away last year. My brother-in-law last year. You know, I've loved my nephew just got murdered. I had two artists murdered this year and I, I haven't. It's I don't know. I'm desensitized. I've been to it so many times. It's just Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. It's kind of like, damn, that's fucked up. You know what I'm saying? But that's, the, I don't think that's normal, OG. I don't think we should be like No, it's that. not normal, man. Yeah. I just I just think about a lot of my friends, yeah. people I grew up with who I saw get killed. Uh, if I'm talking on the phone, getting shot and die. Yeah. Like, I done been through all that. Like, get in the car, I get out the car, they get killed. Yeah. All that happened to me. Yeah. Like, do I think about it? Of course I think about it, but do I cry about it? No. Right, right. No. Did you graduate high school? Yeah, I graduated. I went to Compton, went to Centennial first. Mm-hmm. Then when Norman got shot, we all, all Crips got kicked out. That's what happened mm-hmm. in 1980. Like mm-hmm. every Crip that went to Centennial, we got kicked out of school. So we had to go to Compton High. So I went to Compton High. Like I said before, I was really good in basketball and I was smart. So I got kicked out of Compton. I ended up going to Paramount High. I got kicked out of Compton for organized gambling, which, you know, <laughs> That's what I did. Like you know, he was on the dice. A, yeah, if it was a crap game, I'm I'm cutting the game. Yeah. All the crap game. So that's what yeah. I did. So what are, what's organized gambling? Because I took like it was raining one day. You know they had Monopoly. You can play in the, in the gym. <laughs> so I took the dice out the Monopoly game and started dice games. Yeah, and I kept doing it, and they like kicked me out because my mother came like your son is too smart to be doing this stuff I think he need to go somewhere else cause, and then he got influenced by his gang and all this stuff so it was cool they gave me an interdisciplinary so I ended up going to Paramount so I ended up graduating from Paramount Okay, but I still went to Compton every day mm-hmm. where's Paramount? City. it's the other city next to Compton okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. so I graduated from Paramount okay. I think I went there a year and a half like two, two years so I played ball for Paramount uh-huh so now you graduate. So now you, you walk the stage. Now, what is Chico Brown thinking at that point? Like, because you I'm assuming you haven't gotten so, so far in the hustling because you're still going to school. I mean, you're doing it, but it ain't career at that point. So now you you graduate. So now what's what, what, what you what I think you for me, because my partner, uh, he was like at this. Age, so this we talk about 
82. Mm-hmm. So 82 is it's on. It's crack ain't even around, but cocaine is. So mm-hmm. so it's still the soft. It's the soft. I okay. said he has. Uh, he got involved. And he, you know, he got pretty big. Like when I say pretty big, then a kilo was costing sixty thousand. So that's what. But in L.A., you ain't paying that. Yeah. In eighty two for soft in eighty two, yeah. yeah, man. That so if somebody tell you different, they lying because because then it was going to Miami first, and you had to mm-hmm. you know the cheapest back then eighty three was like forty. Really? So obviously, as time went on, it got cheap because eighty four was probably was twelve, getting years, yeah, like that. Okay, but I'm talking about in the eighties when yeah. before we talking about the crack, we talking about okay eighty say eighty one, eighty two. Okay, I see. It was 42,000. Yeah, because it was still considered a rich person's type thing. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I heard, you know what I'm saying, just through my travels that, you know, I think around nine, in the 90s, they was like 17.5. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was. I probably was getting them for 11 or something. Okay, like. okay. I know my trip to over there, I was getting them for 10 or 9. But in L.A., they once they hit L.A., it's 17. But no, you, I was getting them here for 11. Oh, really? Okay, yeah, but I forgot you was tied in. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So, so now you graduate, and so now you—that's when you start getting to the money. Yeah, eighty-three, eighty-four. I was, I was full fledged. Yeah. So let, so, so, okay. So in high school, you, you fucking with the Sherman. Yeah, just that, just, just to, just to have money in my pocket. Yeah. Not not selling gallons or nothing. Right. I. Yeah. So. So once you graduate from high school, you graduate to the soft. So did you just hop in with a book, or did you start yeah, with no, the my partner, my partner like had that. My partner, which is, was my co-defendant, mm-hmm. you know, he actually really started me off, which he didn't want to, but I was like, no, nah, man, because in 83, I'm, I, you know, he got the brand new Benz, the rag, mm-hmm. so he gave me his cars to drive. Mm-hmm. So I'm driving this to my primes and stuff in 83, mm-hmm. so I got the 500 mm-hmm. like, and all that stuff. So my thing was from that to... Not selling rocks, nothing. Selling cocaine. That's what I was finna say. No. I'm saying so. You didn't even start off on no hand to hand shit. You jumped right in with, with weight. Yeah. Damn. So homie put you down like that. Yeah. He fucked with you like that. So yeah, he fucked my life up. <laughs> That's my <laughs> but partner. At the time you was winning. Though, yeah, yeah. At the time saying. we thought we was winning. Yeah, yeah. You know. So so now so the soft comes in and at that point everybody is they they snorting. Yeah. Crack ain't rolling. Just, not yeah, we're just sending them fifty dollar thing. Yeah. Going that little silhouette shit. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Fifty hundred. So you so during that time you break you breaking a, a block down or you like nines and eighteens? No, we breaking it down. You breaking it down. Yeah, that was back Because you have spots. You can yeah. have the, 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 the that back then it wasn't, you know, it was like chosen few. It was people who was you know, doing PCP would buy yeah. you know fifty dollars, hundred dollars uh, like that. Okay, okay, because they were smoking moles back then. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Primos, yeah. Yep. So you do that, you graduate to that. So now, what? Is, so you know, I'm assuming you're making money, right? You're making a little bit of money at that time. You still living in Compton? Yeah, I think I moved. To, as soon as I got out of high school, I moved to Torrance. Like, okay. Kind of, okay. What did the you know, yeah, I moved to Torrance, but yeah, okay. that was like an '84. Okay, okay. And I still go to my mother's house every day. So '84, I mean, the gang shit was. Off yeah, it was the chain. an all-time high. '84, yeah, yeah. Chain. Yeah. Yeah, my friend died in '80, so there's a bunch of other killings that happened before that. '84 is off the chain. Yeah. 
So did you? So now you hustling though. So I mean, did you kind of move away from the gang? No, I'm in there every day. I'm in the neighborhood every so, day. So I mean, like, you still you so you active gang banging and you get into the money because it seemed like you usually no, got to choose one. Once I got like that deep, because mm-hmm. I crossed the line, I'll go sell to the pie room. That's what I was finna say. Oh no, they that's was what my, I'm about to say because because I had to sack. Yeah. So I'm selling them keys and so that's like, what that. I was finna say because nah. you know you know usually. A successful hustler, you got to be able to politic yeah, with everybody. Man, that's what to I did to too. Yeah, <laughs> like it didn't matter. Yeah, yeah. It was real all talk. about cash then. Real talk. So, so let me ask you: you being from Corner Pocket, and this is just off the top of the dome. Did you know Turtle from Santana? Yeah, really. Were you and Turtle friends? Yeah, it was cool. We talked because I got a bunch of my friends is from Santana. So, yeah. like Santana and Pocket. Back then, we. We was cool. We didn't know a few, but now they're together. Like, Fred, yeah. um, sat down and yeah, I knew Turtle because of Lowrider, but I, you know, I wasn't into the Lowrider stuff. I was into getting cash. Okay. Okay. But Turtle, yeah. Turtle. What kind of dude was Turtle? Because, you know, I want to do a movie on Turtle. That's a good movie. Yeah. I, not, you know, I asked a couple of people. They say they're ready for whenever you're ready. Yeah, yeah, Because you know, sure. I know everybody from Santana. Yeah, yeah. I talked to them. They got footage. They got yeah, pictures. Yeah, I holiday, Melly. Yeah, yeah, Melly told me. Yeah, yeah. Melly came over. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, good looking out. I yeah, said, yeah. And yeah. Other, I got some people that was with him all, when all, a lot of stuff happened. Yeah, yeah. And they talk about it. Yeah. he. What kind of dude was he with you? Was he charismatic? As yeah, no, nah, cool. Is? Cool dude, man. Real cool. You know, because his background is from the South, too. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's from Louisiana. Yeah, he's from Louisiana. Yeah. All he my background country, from, even being in L.A. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, dude's like a polarizing figure, man. A lot of times people, you know, hype up Raymond and Tookie. You know what I'm saying? I feel like. Because, you know, that, cause that's the first generation. So yeah. when we talk about, you know, we would be considered. So Turtle had to be say, like 59 or something like that. So, oh, okay. So them dudes are older than us. Yeah, yeah. Because Bobby Louie, like, what, 70? 70, yeah, he's 68 or something like that. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, my big homeboys is 78. I mean, not 78, 68, 69 yeah. years old. Yeah, so yeah. that generation came, like you said, it was hustlers first, and they yep. you know, started claiming neighborhood. But All right. there's some dudes down there, seventy that you know, that's Crips. Yeah, yeah. Damn. So you, so you getting to it, man? You a teenager? You seeing this money? You still fucking with what you fucking with? So now, tell me about the 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 change when the crack comes in. Like, who hipped you to that? Because you've been doing it how you've been doing it. Who put it in your ear to say, you know what, is this new thing? We're going to do it like this. Who put you down with the cook game? Mm, I really don't. I, I don't remember that, like, who put it down. I yeah. just know, like, this is what it is. We doing this. We cracking it. Like, because, you know, at first we used to sell nine ounces, ten, whatever, mm-hmm. half a bird to cook it yourself. And then the yeah. Betty Rock shit came. And Rick actually did, like, cheek, you know, turning one into ten. Yeah. One You're into talking about 10. Freeway Ricky Ross. Yeah. Okay. So Rick started, like, turn, first he's, like, one into two. And one in the five. So what are you doing? Using acetone and all that shit? Procaine. Yeah. Procaine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Procaine. So you turn it one into ten. Mm-hmm. So if you pay this, you're getting ten times as much. That's crazy. Stuff, and that was happening. Yeah. So that's why the reason it was going so low. Like, you know what I'm saying? You yeah. yeah. And then one part of time in LA, you can, if you wasn't like one of us, you ain't buying no powder. Right. Nobody ain't selling you no powder. Right. The only thing you can buy is crack. Yeah, and it's so funny because you know when when y'all when you do it like that, people don't even understand they're getting hit over the head. Getting hit over the head. Getting hit over the head. So <laughs> if we would have kept one to two, that would be good. But when yeah. we got a one to ten, yeah, you go around the corner, that shit gonna melt. But that's yeah. it's just important. Like put it on ice, keep it on ice. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? That's that's really happening. 
Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And like, yeah. you know, people were like, man, what the? But you want to pay 5000 7000 for a key, but it's yeah. already hard. Yeah, yeah. Because if, you, yeah, if you're doing that, that shit cuts. So, I mean. We never could see like. You know, I I actually one time was watching the news and they talk about crack. I'm like, what the fuck is crack? We yeah. never called it crack. It was yeah. always rock. Ready rock. Yeah. 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 Like, there's some new That's shit. That's the media shit. Yeah, that was the, the media, media like that shit crack. Crack. Like, yeah. I was looking on the news. I was like, I think the same shit that's in my, like, yeah. right here. But there's yeah. some new shit. I'm thinking it's new. Mm-hmm. But there's, you know, they just, like, I think 86, when, you know, we had already three or four years into this stuff. Yeah. So 86, when the crack law came out, crack. Was he talking about this rock? Because, you yeah. know, in L.A., when we were selling it, it was you couldn't get a chip like yeah. in New York. Like it's twenty five dollar rock. That's it, twenty five, yeah. fifty, and a hundred. Yeah. But then they start chipping on rock and making you know making little pieces, ten dollar pieces, two two dollars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was in New York. They was making two dollar chips, like little With the middle vials and shit. Yeah. Like that was like damn, and they had lines all around the corner. Like that was like crazy for us. Like, what is this shit? So did the money triple? When you when it turned to crack, did the money exponentially go yeah, up for what you were doing? Taking one key and making three of them. Damn, that's crazy. But you, so okay, so now you're doing that. So I'm assuming. I mean, it's all public record at this point. But had had Freeway become your your source or no? See, it's a funny thing with me and Rick. Like, so Rick was from over there on the other side of LA, and I'm from Compton. Yeah, what part of Rick, Rick from? What hood are you from? He ain't really from no hood, but it would be Hoover if he was. Yeah, I'm saying the hood. Yeah, like on 76 okay. and stuff like that. Okay. Freeway. He, you know, he never gave back. Right, right, right. But Rick was getting it, you know, so. But I, I had my own. Rick was getting it before you, right? Okay. I, I would say that, yeah. Okay, okay. But if I didn't have it, I'd go over there and get it from him. Okay. okay. Vice versa. Okay. But Rick was, uh, when he when he started, you know, cracking mm-hmm. the price he was getting, he had corner the market like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but if he didn't have it he'd come see me and vice versa so had rick already been getting uh the connect from the uh from the cia yeah okay that okay. went on for years man okay so like, he hopped in the game getting his work from the cia yeah okay all right that that's i know i sound crazy but yeah that sound crazy, crazy. Shit. He, i mean not he didn't hop in it like we first started he first started with a half a, a eighth wow <laughs> you know what I'm saying? $150. He started Damn. with eight. Okay. He took that eighth and took it and uh-huh. kept building it. Yeah. And from that, you know, he wanted to buy a bird, and that's how he ended up buying the bird, and that's how that happened. That's how he got with Blandone. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So so at what point do you and Rick, like, like you know what I'm saying, come together? And did y'all ever, or did y'all decide to come together and say, hey, let's do some shit? So what happened? This is, so me and Rick, before all this Blandone stuff came. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about the um, early 80s. So in, Rick ended up catching this case. But we, you know, we see each other, we talk, but we didn't do nothing like that. Mm-hmm. So went to Rick came home on his, on his case. Mm-hmm. We, but I always knew about Blandone because he told me, you know what I'm saying? So when Rick came home, like, nobody wanted to fuck with Rick. Mm-hmm. Like, they ain't fuck with Rick. Why? First, he had a jacket on. There was something about, oh, man, Rick may be hot, but. Okay. Because uh, cause what happened with him, with the police and, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, but, did Rick, I'm sorry, did Rick catch a dope case? Yeah, but the police, put, that's a 
nothing crazy. Like, it was a freeway rig task force, right? Right. So the police ended up putting the drugs on them okay. and, and charged them, gave them the case. Okay. And they were stealing our money. Like, say, steal the money. Like, say, for instance, you get busted with a million dollars. They was only turning 100000 Yeah, they the kept discovery. It they still do that shit. Yeah. And so that's what they was yeah. doing. And so the FBI came to Rick like, man, look, this is what's going on. Mm-hmm. If you testify against them, we'll cut your sentence. Mm-hmm. You got, we know that they took a million dollars from you, but you, they only turned in 200000 mm-hmm. It was called Operation Big Spender. Mm-hmm. All these police end up getting convicted mm-hmm. for stealing our money. Wow. For years. They were doing this for years. And this local boys, LA. LA Pass Force. Lenny Sheriff. Like, mm-hmm. And they all went to prison. So <clears throat> when me and Rick, like, I was like, well, Rick was my friend. So I was like, I'm balling out of control, so mm-hmm. I give him some money. Like, man, get on your feet. Mm-hmm. Then we actually really was starting a youth center. Mm-hmm. Like we had, and I had this got to be say '91. So that been in you for from the start to yeah. be with the community. I, I was building. Yeah. yeah, me and him was actually really building this youth center. Yeah. We, you know, he had came home, and I was like, man, I I help you, but before you came home, I ended up catching the case too. Dope case. Yeah. Okay. I caught a case in 89, 90. I went to prison with no bail. I ended up going to trial and won. Yeah. So I'm saying, did you, so catching that case, was that a humble or somebody's told on you? No, or? It, was, it was it was the feds who bought okay. like, I think three keys. Oh, so you month. served to an undercover. Yeah. Okay. It was like, it's a big case. It was like 30 of us on the case. Yeah. Everybody took deals for 30, 20. So I, I went on a run. I ran for like two years. Okay. Finally got arrested two years later. And I went to trial. Mm-hmm. In 1990 or 1991, mm-hmm. I go to trial and I won. Wow. Came home. Rick, I got to think Rick came home before me or whatever. But when I came, I came home in 91. No, he came home after me. So we hooked up right there to build youth centers. Mm-hmm. And then that's when Blandone called us at the youth center. Mm. So we together. Yeah. That's 1992. Okay. So when Blandone called us, Man, we nobody. We done. I'm done. I'm cool. I, you know, I was. Done. Was, you, was you cool because I was you cool. Was... I had enough money. Okay. I was cool. Yeah. Okay. I was actually building this youth center. Okay. That's what we were doing. Building a youth center on Crenshaw and Adams. That was our building. That big church. Okay. So Blando kept calling like Rick, Rick. You know, I'm home. I'm home. Like faking. Like he wanted to. First he came down. And then he was on the phone. I just want you to come see me. So we went down there. Mm-hmm. Me and Rick go to San Diego to meet him. Mm-hmm. But really, he was still in prison. They let him out this day. They took him out to meet us. He mic'd up. He got all this stuff. So Damn. his cameras everywhere. You know, they filming him. Mm-hmm. He was still in the cell. After, after he met with us, he go back to the cell. So this happened a wow. few times. Like, like That's how that's cold crazy. the shit is. That's crazy. They let him out to meet us, man. They knew who I was because they ran my name. I yeah. just beat the case. So yeah. then they pissed off at me because I beat a fair case. Right. They knew who Rick was. He just got out of jail. Yeah. So the whole thing was like both of them. We got both of them. Mm-hmm. So the next time we met, you know, it was like, you know, Rick. Because Rick was really like his son. He was like, you know, I just, I'm in a little trouble man, with these people. Mm-hmm. And I got a hundred of them. Do you want them? You know, like Rick, like I ain't got no money. You know, mm-hmm. my partner got some money. Yeah, meaning me. First, I was like, "No, nah, I ain't doing this shit, man." I, you know. Yeah, I'm curious. So convinced. How, how much was Blandon trying to sell a per? 
ten, so it was a million dollars. Million dollars, okay. So he convinced me, man. Like mm-hmm. this is this this how this shit go down. Mm-hmm. So me and Rick been down there. I bought the money down there. Blando was being like he was, you know. Oh, Rick liked the hug thing. Yeah. And and this was a twist. Of, the other guy who bought Wyndham was supposed to be the connect, but he was a DEA. Mm-hmm. So now we established a relationship. First, they wanted us to go over there to Mexico and get the shit. This was the like, I give it to you for seven. Yeah. We was stuck. We do that. Yeah. So I'm like, nah, nah, man, I, I, I ain't going to fucking Mexico nah, to get this. Nah, not for save three hundred thousand too yeah. much. Risk. Yeah. So. Said, all right, we'll bring him across. I'm like, bring him all the way to LA. It was 1112. I mean, 12,000. But right here in San Diego, I give him to you for 10. Mm-hmm. So I was like, fuck it. All right, 10. So I made the deal for him to do it for 10. And then um, the whole setup is like, okay. So we, we went down there that night. I sh- should have knew something was wrong there because when we went down there, they were delayed, like, oh, still on the other side. It's crowded. We can't get him. But they were setting the whole scene up for the morning. Mm-hmm. So they got all, you know, yeah. DA and all that yeah. shit. Because the next day, when we do it, I mean, there's DA everywhere. You know, they was like, and I was like, said no. I actually said no, nah, because something wrong. Because mm-hmm. when we we went to like a Denny's and they pulled up. But I'm looking at everything. And I see another car over here. I see, you know, I see, the, I see it really going down in my mind. Because I seen a dude when we parked next to it. This dude was like, he's sleeping. I looked at him again. He like. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm telling Rick that, I'm like Rick, this shit don't seem right, and I pull Rick to the side, I'm like Rick, says man, this shit don't seem right. You sure, man? Either they the people or they from the st- jackers. That's yeah. what I tell him. I yeah. say either people, man, they gonna jackers, man. You sure? And Rick, like, no, he like a father to me, and I still didn't give him the money till I went to see it. I'm mm-hmm. like, I ain't giving you shit. Mm-hmm. So he's following me around the corner. So I following around me and Rick. We in two separate cars. So I had a driver. So he followed around the corner. And so I said, if you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Rick, look, go look. So Rick went to look in the car. It was like 100 kilo. Mm-hmm. So Rick gave me a sign. So I threw him the money. As soon as I threw him, planned on the money, that's when I see the DEA jackets coming. Helicopters coming off the roof. Damn. Like, oh, this shit. I didn't know who set me up. Right. You know, at first I was like, damn, Rick, what the yeah. fuck going on? Because I didn't have no idea. I just knew that the situation. And then, you know, they got me and Rick, my other partner that was with us, took us down there. And the rest is history. Damn. And when I say it's history, like, I know we getting 20-something years. I'm like, well, this shit is over with, you know. Mm-hmm. Rick, though, he probably getting a life sentence because he just came, just came home. home, yeah. Just like after I beat my case, so I don't have no charges. So this is gonna be my first. I'm no, I'm thinking mm-hmm. twenty, twenty two years. Even if I plead guilty, never gave us a deal or nothing like that. But like, damn. So as we in there about four or five months, we just like receiving letters about from Gary Webb, who was the news reporter. Right. Like y'all need to y'all need to talk to us. Like what? Like Blandone, we have news on Blandone that he's a CIA operative. He worked for the government. This is not what this is bigger than y'all. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck? So we got to believe in that. Like, oh, man, we, sh- we should get out. If the government sold us drugs, mm-hmm. this is this is crazy. And then, 
we finally get our indictment and our discovery. Mm-hmm. It's going through all this discovery. The names is there, man. Like, they first it was redacted. redacted. It was yeah, redacted. they usually redact them. It yeah. was redacted. But guess what? The story, when Gary come telling us a story, like, you know, this is what happened. Like, I know the first person they told on, they're not going to come testify. This is, they too big for the, to testify. And he can't even testify, but Maxine ended up getting us the redacted Maxine Warden. Okay. Now we see all the names. You get to see Oliver North. You get to see the president. Damn, Oliver North was Oliver in your North. paperwork? Yes. That's crazy. Man, Noriega, everybody in our that's paperwork. crazy. And because that's linked to the, the contra. To the contras. That's yeah. the, Oliver North, like, was part of the shit. Mm-hmm. That was, you know, and don't. So did Oliver North send, was he the one that sent uh, Blandone to, to do that? Did he orchestrate that? If it wasn't him. It was a man next to him. Okay. Okay. That did it. Wow. They orchestrated for real the, you know, the war with the San Anistans and mm-hmm. Nicaragua with the Contras. Yeah. So you're getting all this paperwork and you're like, damn. So we so convinced now, but we thinking, this 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 is the cold trap right here. So like, damn, we can go to try. They're going to throw this out. Mm-hmm. If the government did this to us, now we had this hearings all over. Like, you know, it's an outcry with the black community. Like, mm-hmm. the government, it's a direct link. We know this happened. And they were supplying Rick and Chico with these drugs all along for years. And Gary Webb broke that. He broke that. He broke it through a humbug, this lady named Cora Boca, mm-hmm. because her boyfriend, was, I think it was a Manesna, uh can't think of his name. Cornaho. Cornaho mm-hmm. was her boyfriend. He had caught a case before and he and all this stuff had came up on his case. Mm-hmm. He was in Frisco. Mm-hmm. But Blandon when the government wouldn't let him testify against her. So she was like, he's not gonna testify against y'all. It's mm-hmm. too much. The, you know, the CIA is not gonna let him testify. He works for them. Wow. So we're thinking it's really gonna happen. Mm-hmm. When it came to us. Man, he came on that stand and took the stand like he showed up in court. You know, it was, it was like, a, what the fuck? And it was like something you have never want to see because it was so many federal agents, so many FBI's, CIA, yeah. all in this place. Like, man, we done got ourselves into it. And then Gary's, you know, visiting us all the time, telling us what's really going on. Like, you know, I'm, so Gary started really investigating. Mm-hmm. And come to find out, he found every link to this shit that really happened, man, that our government knew that they were supplying us all the time. Wow. Is it true that, um, cause I seen, uh, Freeway Rick said that Blandon laughed at y'all. Laughed, man. Gay, they was doing high fives. So when, like, when I'm talking about when the bus went down, y'all yeah. looking like, Oh shit. shit. Yeah. They were he giving high, he was, him and the dude was like high fiving. Damn. And I'm like, Rick took off. We in two separate cars. Like, mm-hmm. so when I take off, I take off too. So I'm about to drive through the mall. Mm-hmm. But before I can get in the mall, because it was, we was at the mall, they got red beans on our head, like, Fred, you know, the helicopters coming off the roof. So I can hear Rick, like, er, burn rubber. Rick hit a tree, like, mm-hmm. bam. So they ended up taking, when they was taking us, I'm looking at Blando, and they took me, took, I had a pathfinder, so they took us in the pathfinder, so they high-fiving us. I was like, damn. Damn. So all that was like, you know, once I think about how it happened, like, damn, I should have known better. You know, we should have yeah. known this shit. I'm curious. So when Blandone bought the other dude you thought was the plug, was he a brown fella or a white dude? Brown fella, man. Okay. He was like a Colombian. He had okay. gray hair. You know, he looked okay. like, you know, 
And then they try to like try to charm me with uh, they said buy the kids some some heroin too. So they trying to make the case so big. Like Damn. said I was talking about some heroin. I ain't never said nothing about it. you asked me, do I want some heroin too? Yeah. Said mind the kill. And I was like, I don't know. You know, I said something mm-hmm. back. But then they try to charge me with that, a hundred kilos plus mm-hmm. you know. I'm like, man, nah, you know, that was all in my case. Mm-hmm. And, but but that shit was like then when we find out all the CIA stuff, they didn't let none of this stuff in our courtroom. Like, we couldn't even talk about this. So none of that shit was admissible doing right. your, damn, that's crazy. They said me and Rick made up the story to get out, to make a movie. Even though it was in your paperwork. That was all in my paperwork. Like, the day, then when Gary broke the story, it was like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. So it just like, just start building up. He started coming with more and more stuff. Mm-hmm. And then he was sending us stuff like, dang. I remember Maxine going somewhere and getting the unredacted mm-hmm. and sent it to her. Like, man, look at this. this how did Gary how did Gary come across that information? Oh, from Cora Boca. She was a she was a lawyer and her boyfriend was in the same situation, but mm-hmm. he ended up getting twenty years too. Like mm-hmm. he ended up getting twenty years. And so Cora this go all the way back to Carlos letter. That's how deep this go. Okay. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You know. He was uh, Pablo. Yeah, yeah Pablo. So his yeah. name, his name was all in our paperwork. Damn, for real. So you was indirectly getting your work from Pablo through Carlos. That was through Black Dog, the CIA. Like, like you know, shit is. Yeah. They was working with them, like all that shit you see on Norco. Yeah. Like every incident, I I watched that, and I'm like, uh-huh. damn. They talk about the names that we know. They talk about Black, and they talk about the Barry yeah. Seal. Barry Seal's name is in our paperwork. Yeah. Like this is like unbelievable. Like. This shit really happened, and you you, you get to thinking about how many families was devastated by the stuff that our own government planted. Right, did. it's like right. it wasn't an accident. Right, that shit really happened for a reason. Yeah, for sure. So Barry Seals was the one he was flying the was work flying. y'all was getting. That's crazy. Yeah. So let me ask you. So where he was going just, to Nicaragua. He was going. Pretty yeah, pretty yeah. You, you watched that movie, uh, American Night. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah I know Tom the whole Cruise story. Movie, yeah. The Tom yeah. Cruise movie. Yeah. Sure. I got a question about Gary though. So I, I, I'm born and raised in Sacramento, and Gary died in Sacramento, right? And they ruled it as a suicide, but he had two gunshot wounds to the head. I talked to him two days before he died. I talked to him every day. I'm the one who, because I had got out on bail, so Gary came to visit me in in Compton in L.A. to get some discovery from me. So I was talk- I was friends with Gary. I talked to him all the time. Because when I was first went, I didn't have no bill. So about a year and a half later, they ended up giving me a bill. So that's how I was out when that CIA dude came. Mm-hmm. Gary was with me. So when the CIA dude came, I remember giving Gary all the information. So Gary wanted to get who me and Rick was. So I'm telling this whole story. But while I'm telling this story, the newspaper article came out, not the book yet. Mm-hmm. So... He was like, and I'm like, man, you're not scared for your life. You're not scared. Like, chico, I'm not scared, but you know, I understand. I'm like, man, because cause I people have knocked at my door before that. I'm like, who the fuck is this? Like, mm-hmm. you know, once the article came, out, it was a three page article about In what LA happened. Times. No, LA Times wouldn't do it. And the San Jose Mercury News. Okay. It's a four page article talking about how this happened to us, how shows everything. He was right on point. Mm-hmm. But the LA Times come out a week later with the same kind of four-page article saying that this didn't happen. Mm. So they discredit Gary. So you're talking about the LA, you're talking about LA Times, Washington Post, Washington Times, and I mean, uh, 
New York Times and the Washington Post discredited him. Mm-hmm. So now he's looking like an idiot. Like his editor, they fired him. They sent him some fucking somewhere to do some stupid stuff. Like mm-hmm. this man is about to win awards for this writing. Right. Now they discredit this whole story. Like they, he made it up. So that's pressure from the CIA. Pressure from the CIA. Like mm-hmm. they, so they end up letting him go, man. Like I'm talking to this man every day. I talk. It's, it's a conversation with me and him on the phone. And he's like, Chico, there's people in my back pole. Mm-hmm. I don't know who they are. They've been here for three, four days. Mm-hmm. Like, damn, man, be careful. Mm-hmm. So three days later, I get a call from my daddy. Did you see what happened to Gary? Mm-hmm. He shot himself twice in the head. <laughs> the man told me, Chico, I'm never going to kill myself. I'm yeah. never going to do that. I talk to this man all the time. Wow. I became, I know his whole lifestyle. I know his, his wife, his kids, and everything. Yeah. So... He 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 received a lot of pressure from different situations, man. Like you know, this man wrote this story. He you know, and he at one time this story was getting a million hits a day. This is when the internet not even. This yeah. is when it's fresh. Right. We're talking about then. Mm-hmm. The story blew up so much. Everybody want to know about this story. I was on on the show with Gary Webb on the on um, Gerardo. Mm-hmm. Montel Williams and some other show because when I had, when I had got out I was only out for like three or four months but I was doing all these shows with him mm-hmm. like Gary they wanted me to do the show like Geraldo came on there like this is the person responsible for the whole crack old demon him and Freeway Rick you know pointed at me mm-hmm. first they had a baby come across the stage that this lady sold her baby for crack mm-hmm. they said the person responsible for is right there Chico Brown and his crying me free where Rick is in prison for this. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm asking Gary to answer the question. Yeah. My lawyer ended up asking the question. And, but Gary was like, Gary knew he had it right. Like this, all these people involved. And, and Oliver North was right sitting right next to me mm-hmm. telling his side of the story. I'm like, damn, man, this is cold. We going to prison, man. You know, I, I, I told Rick it's over. Yeah. Like, we blackballed, so all the stuff I'm telling you, they wouldn't let this in court. So the day of trial, I stood up and played guilty. Like, I'm guilty to this shit. Mm-hmm. I'm not guilty to all this shit. I need to be guilty to the money. Money y'all got right there, because they stole some money, too. So, mm-hmm. like, How much money did they take off for you today? It was, uh, I don't know, man. It was, just say a few hundred thousand. Okay, okay. So, uh, Blandone was going to do the rest of They the paid side. him. They paid him one hundred sixty thousand mm-hmm. of our money that I gave to him to he set paid. you up. Yeah, That's he crazy. took that. Wow, like, wow. So when did you go to the? Because I seen the clip of you on C-SPAN back in there. that was before you went to trial. Or yeah, that was you went before that. That was like I went like they didn't know I was out. Maxine, you know, people got me out. I so I'm at Maxine Waters, Congresswoman Maxine Waters' office. I actually had. A desk in her office. We talking about this. She every day pressing like, mm-hmm. no, they shouldn't go to prison because. And then I went. She's like, Chico, you need to go to this. Um, they having something watch tonight that the CIA, the head of the CIA, is coming down there and said that they have no involvement. They don't know what y'all talking about. Yeah, but they don't know I'm in there. Right. So they talking to the audience. There's five thousand people there. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting back, and they said, no, you know, we didn't find. It. So I stood up like, man, stop lying, man. Y'all just. Yeah. told me and Rick the other day, you know, that we did investigation and we still investigate. None of you up here telling these people you're not doing nothing because this is not a link to this. I was like pissed off. Yeah, I was, you know, mm-hmm. I stood up and told him, like, man, stop lying. Yeah, you was pressing them. 
He was pressing. Him. He the like, dude was dancing like like he was in the Usher video. I'm saying, you know, he was backpedaling and everything. So did you? So once you pressed him like that, I went. To, I, that was Sunday. I went to prison Tuesday. Wow, they came and got you, or you turned no, in? No, no. I was sent as a special hearing, and they had a special bail hearing mm-hmm. from that day. Like so, Sunday or Saturday that that happened. So I was just going down there. I had to go to San Diego mm-hmm. for this special, whatever this hearing was. Mm-hmm. So when I got there, they said apprehend him. Mm. Like you know what I'm saying? Wow. Then, then I got sentenced. Damn, just like that. Rick too. We all got sentenced the same day. So I got sentenced to ten years. Like I was the first one. And then Rick got sent to life because of the felonies and stuff. Was it state or fed? Feds. Wow. So, so you had to do eighty five percent of that. Okay. Where'd you where where the, where'd you do your time? Tav, Terminal Island, and I think I did two years in San Diego just because that's where we was at. We all mm-hmm. was there, and then they they sent Rick to Lompoc, mm-hmm. sent me to Terminal Island the first one. Mm-hmm. Then I went to open that new prison, Tav. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so mine was all in California. Rick was in California and Arizona. So let me ask you, so what was your prison experience like, especially because I know the politics of the gangs still carry over to the to the prisons, even though, you know, it's you got the color thing. I mean, cause, For me, it was like a reunion because mm-hmm. everybody that I used to hit was in there. Mm-hmm. They was, like, happy to see me. Like, she go, oh, man, yeah, we know you was coming. I'm like, how the hell y'all know I was coming? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They, you know. Crips Empire rules was, mm-hmm. you know, they looked out, they had sacks for me, and I'm like, damn, man, that's where y'all been all this time? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was dudes I haven't seen in 15, 20 years, mm-hmm. all in the federal prison mm-hmm. from the crack law. Wow. You know, that, that was that was the experience, like, damn, man, that's where y'all been, man, for real, man? Everybody caught a case for this shit? Mm-hmm. So that was, like, yeah, the devastating part to see everybody you Yo, know yeah. from Compton or in, from the hood yeah. in prison. That's the crazy thing about it, bro. To be honest with you, that's why even my time in the street, you know, I never, um, you know, in Kansas City when I jumped off the porch, I was a teenager. But, you know, everybody, I seen them them draconian sentences they was handed down back there in the in the early 90s. And I was seeing cats in my neighborhood get caught with an ounce. You know what I'm saying? And and they was getting but you know, 15, you know the, 20 But you know the years. crazy thing about our story? Mm-hmm. I get caught with a hundred kilos, but I can't get much as time as this dude who got caught with crack. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That was, you that's, know, like and you here know, I am, design like that. Yeah, yeah. so the crack law. And that's why I got to understand what the crack law was about. Yep. About. Yep. Like, oh, you mean to tell me you got thirty years? You had a, a yep. kilo of cocaine, right? So every one kilo was a hundred. Yeah. Yeah. But I got powder, so my sentence couldn't even be this. My maximum sentence was sixteen years exactly. for a hundred kilo. Exactly. I got the guideline books already set for you. Yep. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So like, damn, man, that's crazy. Yeah, and it's and but you you see how that was that was strategic yeah, it's, it's no because question. you know, yeah. But it, ain't it weird though how back then they they criminalized it even with smokers. Smokers could get caught and then they yeah, send them to prison. Yeah, but with but, a but now rock. yeah, but now you know with the opiates, you know what I'm saying? Now a it's a medical, medical it's a medicine. Oh, we need help. We need you know what I'm saying. But that just shows you how wicked the system can be. You know what I'm saying? Because I knew that they wasn't playing with that shit. That's why I went to weed when I was young. You know what I'm saying? Because I was like, look, you know, this ounce, this $800, you know what I mean? Like the time to come with that. I'm like, 15 years for that? Like, hell no. You know what I'm saying? So once you once you get to prison, I mean, what did you do with your time? Like, that, That's what I would think I was different from more. Like most dudes going there and lift weights and stuff. I and mean, mm-hmm. I really went to that law library. And was, you know, I was trying to figure out 
how can I come back to my community and help these kids not get in the same situation that I got into? Mm-hmm. That's what I did. Now I told people when I got out, my thing was like, I'm going to open up a youth center. They're mm-hmm. like, Chick, man, you ain't open up a youth center. You know you're going back in the game. Like, no, I'm really going to open up a youth center for these kids. They need to understand what's going to happen to them once they get involved. I don't care how, what part of it is, if it's low level or mm-hmm. us, or, you know. And so my time then, and then like, everybody in there start to believe like man I end up so I was in there speaking about what happened to me and Rick like mm-hmm. man this shit crazy if y'all understand that the government knew all the time that we were selling drugs for them mm-hmm. y'all was getting that. the dope for them yeah like, they right. knew this and so you know you ain't got a chance mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that was like as soon as I came home I end up the day one cause I had like a lot of um, people wanted to do me and Rick movie life story so I end mm-hmm. up meeting uh Robert Greenwald, big movie producer. Mm-hmm. So he he was doing our story, and he just asked me what I wanted to do. And I told him I want to open up a youth center. They couldn't believe I want to open a youth center. He said, well, I was, I'm on the board at a youth center at a place called home. I ended up working at a place called home. The next day I got out. Mm-hmm. So I was working there with the kids. And I started talking about what happened to me and Rick. Like, I, you know, I was preaching that shit. And I kept opening up youth centers. Mm-hmm. And by that time, years later, Penny Marshall Become my best friend. Like I, I knew her before I went, but then she got involved in what I was doing. Then she bought Mark Wahlberg and mm-hmm. Tom Hanks. Everybody. Now my my life from from that changes to here. I'm hanging with celebrities and filmmakers every day. Mm-hmm. So I wanna I wanna drag it back a little bit. So once you get out, you're doing the youth center. Um, so what what was that? Cause I'm, sh- cause you know, I know the hustling, you know, I used to be in the street, yeah. so I understand that getting the money is as addictive as the, the fiends, you know what I'm saying? Who want to hit, you know, were you ever tempted? Like, you no know, question I was attempted. Mm-hmm. No questions. I was getting phone calls mm-hmm. from the other side as you know, that happened. I just had to be like, I was wearing the negatives and the positive. I just, I think the kids would kept me from going that different route, you know, doing AAU basketball. Mm-hmm. Watching these kids grow, watching kids who gangbang, me helping them get out mm-hmm. of that situation. I think that's what helped me. That was like one of the perfect things I did, open mm-hmm. up a youth center. I ended up opening one in South Central, Watson, and Compton, you know, all three. Yeah. And so that's a testament to really your heart and who you are, because think about it. You got more gratification out of helping them and being a part of the solution opposed to getting the money, being a part of the problem. Cause you had both of them right there in front of you. It was like, okay, I can go get this money and feel good and get all the shit I want to get and continue to destroy the community. Or I could do this. You was more passionate about that. Which, yeah, that's true, man. Yeah. Cause you can see the smile on kid face. And then when like Pete, you know, me and Pete knew each other, master Pete, we knew each other before even, you know, back in the day. Mm-hmm. And then he was one of the persons who really stepped up. You you know that like yeah. every year we you know toys for Christmas, for sure. Thanksgiving, for sure. I mean Thanksgiving. everything. Yeah, U-Haul full like yeah. Just to see a smile on the kids when, when P pull up in the U-Haul and we yeah. did this like with no publicity. You know you we was I, there. I'm there. Yeah, you there like we didn't want no publicity. Just do it, man. Like. We go ourselves to Honey Bay. We go get mm-hmm. turkeys every mm-hmm. year. We did so much stuff, but nobody knew that we was doing it. It was just like, well, you know, mm-hmm. but listen, we don't keep this going. Right. Of course, it got bigger and bigger. Then, you know, Pete said we've been doing it for oh, 20 years since yeah. I came home. We've been yeah. doing it for that long, man, but never asking for no help from the city. Just keep, mm-hmm. We just kept doing the work, man. Mm-hmm. Even with the basketball stuff, you know, we got some pros. And we, 
Well, we we helped a lot of people. Yeah, man. even Demar Rosen. Yeah, mm-hmm. so a lot of that stuff is. Just, I think it was a blessing for me to to really start working with the kids. I think that's what changed the outcome of my whole life. Now, mm-hmm. so that was your calling. You know, what yeah, I, mean? I didn't know you didn't it, even though. know it. I didn't even yeah, know, didn't man. Even know was, it. <laughs> that, that right there yeah. is what I think. That's what made me as a man, like today. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I was a boy mm-hmm. doing all that stuff. I was really a kid, man. Yeah. I was. 18 years old, I was, you know what I'm saying? I was 12 when I got shot. First person died, I was 15. Yeah. 18, 19, I was on my way to prison, you yeah. know? Like, but, I was a but kid. But the sad part about it, though, Chico, if you think about the history, your, your, your journey, man, your choices were removed from you. You never even got a choice because you never even got a chance to really be a kid. You know what I'm saying? Because think about that. You're getting shot at 12, and then you forced to make these adults, you know, choices, and you got a sack put in your hand in the environment. You you never had, your never choice had was chance, removed. Man, I'm, yeah. I'm, Twenty, I'm shopping on Odell. Like I'm spending yeah. money. Like think ain't about no it. End. The first choice, but see, this is what I'm saying. That's why I be saying that. Like that's why I do this, right? Because if you think about it, the first choice you really made, like you said, he was a boy for a long time. You grew to a man is when you got out of prison. It's true. You made the choice. You as a grown man, you was like, I want to do this with the kids. See, at twelve, you was directed. You was, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Here, you're going to do this. This is corner pocket. Here's a sack. You go over there. You know what I'm saying? Take this pistol. Don't let them fuck with, you know? So, True. I mean, that that that's crazy. But that shows really where your heart was, you know? You know you know what's strange, too? Like, and I just realized, realized this a few months ago. Mm-hmm. I never even talked to a white person until after I came out of prison. Really? No. Just if you was my teacher. Yeah. But as far as having a friend that was white, never. Till Penny Marshall became my friend. Why you think that is? Because I never was exposed. I've been around him. Right. Compton was ninety nine. Then was when I grew up and went to school mm-hmm. in Compton was ninety nine point nine percent black. So even getting to the money, you never moved outside. Of, you never went outside of Compton. Or and never talked. To, yeah, I moved to Cerrito. Never talked to him. So okay. when I say that, like I never had a friend that was yeah white. Never. Yeah. Wow. No. So. You know, even when they, you know, they raided my house, the people didn't know who I was. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing. Mm-hmm. So you said when you get out, you start doing the positive thing, and now you have these celebrities and different people like that. Now we talk about Hollywood in a movie. What do you think about Snowfall? Because for those that don't know, Snowfall is based on Free Ray, Ricky Ross, and the people around him, you included. That's yeah. y'all's story. And, 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 he was supposed to do this with John Singleton, but John Singleton apparently cut him out and they took it and did something with it. What do fact. you feel about your story being told, but you not being in, you know, being a part of that? You know, you know, all that stuff is fact. It's nobody, nobody who had direct link to the Oliver North, the nigga, the, con- the contras that went to prison mm-hmm. like me and Rick did. Mm hmm. It's no question. It's our story. No, you know they even talk about Oscar, Oscar mm-hmm. Danilio Blandon. That's him. Mm-hmm. But you know people gonna make up the story and and say they did this. But everything that they say in that movie is our real life story. Yeah. Am I, I upset? Am I yeah. upset? I'm pissed off because the part I don't like is because the glorification of this stuff. Then you got Crips and Pyrus or Crips and Bloods fighting in the streets for some shit. And who created this story? Not. Not glorifying at all. I, I was, you know, I'm. I'm not saying I'm happy for the show to be on because I'm not. I never watched the episode. Rick never watched the episode. Wow. Have we went talk to people to try to figure out what we can do? Yes, we have. But you know, it's just like 
this the story if the story is told, it should be told the right way. Right. This is what really happened. Yeah. This is how we got busted. This is the killing part about it. They and I love the show, but this is the killing part about it. They bring in they have a uh, uh, the guy that plays Franklin Saint. He's a uh, he's from London. That's what I heard. Right, but this is the killing part about it. They'll bring Dub C in to to help him with his dialect to get that right. You know what I'm saying? But you won't bring in the people whose story is based on to get that right. You know, people ask us every day, like, yeah. man, that's y'all story. Because if you if you talk about the contract, the CIA and. Mm-hmm. Oliver North and the Noriega and all that stuff. It all leaks back to us. You put our name in it, it's going to say all that. Right, right. CIA, the tribe, the nigger, Waga, everything. Right. You can't put nobody else's name in there mm-hmm. and it's going to say that. Nobody else was arguing with the CIA but me. Mm-hmm. You know, all this stuff is facts. Like, this is documented mm-hmm. and, and this story's bland. Don't talk about us. You can go listen to articles. Just Google it and mm-hmm. listen to him talking about us. And it's crazy that you don't, because uh, when I start watching the show, I love the show. But when I watched it, of course, I know the story and I know yeah. your story. So I'm trying to figure out which one is Chico, right? And you said, which one? You say, it's, who's Chico, you think? Is it Jerome? Is it the uncle or is it uh, Leon? Yeah. Jerome, the uncle. So those watching, the Uncle Jerome on Snowfall basically is based off of Chico I Brown. I watched it, man. I watched the only episode, I, not even an episode, I watched 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I saw Rick, I mean, the episode of him learning how to fly a plane. That yeah. really happened at Hawthorne Airport. Rick wanted to learn how to fly airplanes, so he was taking lessons up there. Mm-hmm. So they put that shit in there, man. Yeah. Like, damn, the first part of the story, I think I watched 10 minutes, and I you know, I know where they got that part of the story. Yeah. But it, it's, it's um, but you know, people enjoying the story, but, you know. Yeah. It's a documentary. It's some movies coming out that's going to change the narrative. That's what we finna get to. That's what we finna get to. So now your response to that, you know what I'm saying? So what do you have? I know, you know, I, I've been on your set, so I know yeah. you always got some big shit brewing. So what is your response to Snowfall? And then just to tell your story, you know, about what, what really happened. And that's your legacy right there. That's that's you. Yeah, I'm definitely going to tell exactly how me and Rick got busted. I got a movie that... That uh, was written in the movie took me a long time to write because, you know, that's some deep stuff we talk about. And mm-hmm. in, in the first scene, is, it talks about how me and Rick really got busted, mm-hmm. how this really happened, how the setup happened. Mm-hmm. Talk about this in the movie. But not only the movie, I'm doing a documentary on my life story. That, and we talk about Blando. We talk about Gary Webb, who, who, who sat at my house, who stayed at my house to get this story. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'll tell you about the TV show that produced by Mark Wahlberg and Master P mm-hmm. that I've been working on. It's not that story. It's about me putting Crips and Pyrus and Compton together, rebuilding our city. Mm-hmm. And nobody trying to talk about snowfall, who's damaging our city because mm-hmm. people believing in some of the stuff they see on TV. Mm-hmm. And you got Crips from Compton fighting. Yeah, Inglewood. Inglewood that, that don't even make sense. sense. It don't even make sense. When I saw it, sense. I knew it was bullshit. I so was it's like, like do that starts a feud between yeah. Compton and Inglewood? Some stuff we've been trying to resolve for years. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, but do Hollywood care? Do do people who making this care? They don't care. This shit go back to the street. Real every TV show that I make is gonna be positive, like Compton Rise. It's about really about Crips and Pyrus, rebuilding the city of Compton. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Like these are dudes who really was shooting at each other, killing each other. Mm-hmm. You know, I got, got putting sun on there. We got real OGs from this shit. And mm-hmm. talk about how this stuff started and how mm-hmm. could we resolve it. Right, right. 
Um, so it's called Compton Rising. Is it out yet? No, it's not out yet. It was, okay. it was you know, the controversy that happened in Compton with me and Compton, you know, mm-hmm. they didn't like the mayor. So that show would have been out, but it was. What was the controversy with you and Compton? So I was shooting, I was filming this TV show. Mm-hmm. The city council didn't like the mayor. The mayor's on my side for pushing the movie. What's but the mayor's name? Is it Aja Brown. Yeah, okay. Aja Brown. Okay, Aja. So I had to go in front of the city council to explain them why is this important. I raised all the money to do this film. Mm-hmm. I raised all the money to do the construction, but I wanted to get their buildings and rebuild the building. So three years, it was the vote. So three of them voted no because they was against the mayor. Mm-hmm. And this was all caught live on TV. Like, mm-hmm. they were like, no, we don't want this because whatever reason they said. So now Netflix pulled out because they don't want this controversy that's going on in the city. It's po- the political part mm-hmm. would destroy this film. Wow. Like, you know, it didn't even make sense. Like, I'm like, I can't believe that this just happened. Here I am bringing something for the kids in our community. Mm-hmm. And you saying, no, I'm not, I don't even want your money. I just said, just let me rebuild this park. Let me rebuild, let me build a recording studio right here right and they denied me wow so now netflix like chico we just don't want the controversy mm-hmm. mark Wahlberg came in penny marshall in the past man and i bring master p in mm-hmm. i redid this whole thing mm-hmm. we have a home it's coming out real soon mm-hmm. okay and we have yeah. a home for it you showed me the trailer it's super dope i can't wait i'm, I'm excited about it i've been on the set a few times yeah, yeah but i i, I want to it looks dope how many episodes you gonna do the first one I think is eight episodes. Okay. Okay. It's gonna be like you know, it's gonna everybody can gonna feel be able to feel this with what happened, how the Crips and Pirate Rules started, mm-hmm. how these dudes getting back together. Yeah. You, you know, it's amazing. But let me ask you this: what What do you think's the recent uptick in violence in Compton? Why do you Look, think? It, what you think that's attributed to? And this is this is a fact. You know, I started the program in Compton called mm-hmm. Compton and Power, mm-hmm. where. I was president of Compton Empire. Well, we mm-hmm. started with, say, four mm-hmm. Crips and Pyro's. Two Crips, two Pyro's. Came together. The next meeting was eight. Mm-hmm. Before all of it was over, it's a thousand something meeting every day. We met every, we met uh, Monday and Wednesday or Tuesday and Thursday for eight months. Mm-hmm. Everything's going great. We have a big old event. I don't know if Pete came. I don't know if you came. We had a big old celebrity baseball game. But I had all mm-hmm. the Crips and Pablos from every neighborhood in Compton. Mm-hmm. We don't have a shooting for eight months. Mm-hmm. Everything is going great, man. Dudes have not seen each other 30, 40 years. Hugging like Chico, mm-hmm. man, this is great. We all get along. But I think what happened, the city promised these dudes some jobs. So I'm the president. So all of them looking at me like, what's going on, Chico? You know, mm-hmm. just this a front. They just lied to us mm-hmm. like that. So now they're upset. So now some of them end up getting jobs. But I end up starting a construction company just to hire these dudes. That's mm-hmm. how I come up with the concept of Crips and Pie Rules. Mm-hmm. Ten Crips, ten Pie Rules. We got a construction site. We work it. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot is is not identifying what these dudes need, man. And that's work. So let me ask you, is these the guys my age or are these the youngsters? Both. Okay. I went from the top. I went to the oldest all the way to the youngsters. Okay. Okay. I think... In Compton, just to be, because there's been a lot of killing. Yeah, yeah. No place to go. No resources. Right. All the, all the sports facilities are shut down. Yeah. Nobody making money. It's just that part that led to all this. Now the G's are mad because they ain't, they ain't even, you know, that program could have been great, man. We just, all we need to do is funnel these dudes, make everybody happy. Yeah. And we'd have ceased all the gang activity. 
did I stop? I, I walked away from the, the game prevention part because I couldn't keep lying to these dudes. Yeah, yeah. So if we wanted to start this back, like which I'm trying to start it back, but I'm not going to get up there and, and say we're going to do something and it's not going to happen. not going to do it, yeah, because then, yeah, your reputation. Is, yeah, it, it was, you know, yeah. all the Crips and the Pop was looking at me, Cheek, what's yeah, up? You know, I yeah. Man, it's been situations like Cheek, they all they mad at you, you know, like, mm-hmm. damn, man, that's crazy. But, I, you know, when I end up starting the, the Compton, I mean, uh, Compton Rising, Mm-hmm. bringing the dudes back. That's how we got back together, man. That's that TV show. Mm-hmm. These dudes working every day. You got them on set working? Every day. That's dope. 30. I had 30 of them. Even if they ain't in the show, they behind the scene. They security. They doing the camera. So they are they learning? Or yeah. They, yeah. That's dope. Teaching them a whole, the whole thing. Like, you know, because most of them learned the skill in prison anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, tile setting, plumbing. Mm-hmm. So everybody I was picking had some kind of skill that they learned in prison. Right. So I took that and brought it to, you know, yeah. like, if that show came out, so now we got this in Compton. What you think about dudes in Kansas City want to do, man? They gonna like, damn, mm-hmm. man, these dudes are getting along. We can get along. Exactly. What you think the dudes in New Orleans gonna do? Right. So this that that was my whole idea of the show, mm-hmm. but it ain't gone because we you know we filming now. Like these dudes really get along, and I broke it down all the way from the top Crips and Power Rules mm-hmm. all the way down to the, in the show. You know, you gotta hear their testaments of mm-hmm. why how they came together. Yeah. yeah. Like one of the like. One of my Paru partners shot like my brother. Mm-hmm. They talking, we talking, mm-hmm. like you know, mm-hmm. like man, look, nah, that's dope. That's dope. So that's I mean, I conflict resolution. That we, we need, that's what needs to be in the hood. You know what I'm saying? We, I mean, us as black people, we got to learn how to deal with each other, not so heavy handedly too. I mean, because that Willie Lynch shit deep in us. You know, deep, what I'm saying? man. I had to check it within myself too. You know what I mean? I ain't too proud to say it. So it's like that shit is ingrained in us. You know, we it's automatically real. It's, it's real. We we so hostile. We yeah. get so pissed off at minor minor shit stuff. minor shit like and some we, of the stuff we do we can't take it back right it's right. too late man you killed yeah yeah and i mean most of the I, I you know and i could be wrong but you know i got a lot of ties to compton too but i mean most of it is crip on crip it's gang no, it's on no gang. question and it's, and it's set on set too i mean it's you no got question. inner infighting you like damn it ain't even crips and blood so much oh, no, no more no <laughs> I, I think by the, it's crazy because a lot of crips and blood neighborhoods get along better than crips and crips exactly. same same thing going on with pyrus like yeah they yeah. same thing at first it was, pyrus never fought each other right it was always so many crips right it was so outnumbered now, yeah so now it's like they fighting each other crips it's not even oh you just from this set it ain't about you know it ain't about Compton Crip unless you go in jail. Right. Now it's about Compton right, Crip. Right, you right, right. You could have shot the dude from the next neighborhood and y'all feuding on the street, but as soon as you go to jail. Yeah, it's CC oh, Riders. CC Riders. Riders. That don't make sense. <laughs> right. And even I didn't heard some cold shit that the youngsters is doing in this generation where, hell, you got, you might have a Crip set aligned with a blood set against another Crip set. It's no question. They do that in Watts. For real. Crazy. I ain't, I mean, yeah. you know, it's all stupid, but when you think about it, you like, damn, y'all doubling down on the d- stupidity. You know what I mean? That's why this, it got to stop, man. Yeah. You know, people say that it can't be stopped, but normally, this is a perfect example. I always use this example like, I just, this is me, this example that I use like, like I told you, my best friend died. Yeah. When I was 15, mm-hmm. I would just use this cup. I'm going to use this. This is me, mm-hmm. right? This is him. He died at 15 years old. Mm-hmm. Generation gone. He's mm-hmm. wiped out. The person who shot him get life sentence, wiped out. This is me. I have five kids. For my five kids, I got eight grandkids. 
So my generation right here, we wiped out his generation. Mm-hmm. We wiped out his generation. So that one bullet wiped out. We got five plus the eight grandkids, 13 kids. Mm-hmm. These two never going to have 13 kids. So it wiped out this whole generation. So you you multiply that by how many one person that got killed times 13. It's extermination. Man, that's that's million of people, man. Yeah, yeah. If you say Compton lost, say 10,000 people. Yeah, you got to. Yeah. Times that. Times that. Yeah. In a 30 yeah. years gap, man. Yeah, that's a lot. This man would never, his generation is dead. Mm-hmm. If he the only kid. He's gone. This this man right here, he can't have kids. I'm the only one surviving this shit. Mm-hmm. And he could have had as, as many kids that I had and many grandkids. Right. He could have had doctors, lawyers. Lawyers. You know so we saying? killed yeah. the whole generation of people. Mm-hmm. But that's what, I, that's what these people, that's what we don't understand. Mm-hmm. Like, you think you killed one person. You just killed 13 people. Real talk. And my, and my kids, my grandkids, ain't even start having kids yet. Mm-hmm. So you know how I many people that is from before I die, it's going to be probably, I got 40 mm-hmm. kids and grandkids. Right. And they don't have shit. Damn. That's the that's, that's the, the shit. Yeah. yeah. That's what we got to start talking about. Yeah. That, how you kill a generation. From Wipe out. Yeah, all the lineage. One bullet. That's we talk crazy. about, we just use South Central LA. We, we talk about Compton, Chris, all all the Pyrus, all the 60s, all the track, all of them. Mm-hmm. It's thousands of us. Mm-hmm. Thousand times fifteen. Mm-hmm. So you still on the ground with it? You still right in the trenches? Every yeah. day. Every you day. Know, I go to Compton definitely every day. Yeah. And my mother still lives in Compton. I, you know, I go. I go to Pyro neighborhoods. I go. But it's once I realize this point of it, man. I'm like, damn, man. Yeah, that's deep. Do these kids understand? Yeah, they don't. You know what I'm saying? Because you know how it is, unfortunately, when we're young. When we're young, you know, you have this thing where you feel like it can't happen. You don't see past. A lot of them don't think they'll live past 19, 20. But they don't want to die, man. It's like all the stuff they drive by is the most senseless, stupidest shit in the world. Dumb shit. Because you don't know this person. But if you got a chance to know that person, you ain't going to kill him like that. Right. But if you do this, if you just drive and shooting at people in the crowd of people, mm-hmm. don't matter who you shoot just because somebody lived in that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You kill an innocent person that, right. and you don't have no consequences. Like, damn, right. man. But I mean, think about the psychology of that. I mean, because we're taught, we trained, especially when you active like that, you're trained to go and look for somebody who dresses like you, who looks like Just you, like who's got the same vibe and energy as you and eliminate that. You know, that's some that's some deep shit right there. Even, even back in the days when they come shoot, we go right back. Like, yeah. Same day, same out. Mm-hmm. And then we go right back and hang on the same corner we just got shot at. Right. <laughs> yeah. This shit happened every day. You yeah. get, somebody got shot at 3. Mm-hmm. 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. As soon as they go, we hanging right back there at the same place. Man, that's crazy, bro. But, man, you got to keep keep doing the good work, fighting the good fight. You know what I'm saying? And I so- think, like, me doing youth center was cool. But I think now, doing these films, I can express more, like, at, it got to be a positive way where we can get to this. Like, that demonstration I'm talking about is deep, bro. Mm-hmm, it is. But people don't understand, like, it's real. You eliminate. We've been eliminating each other for 40-something years, almost 50 years. Mm-hmm. And this, is this started in 69. How many Crips and Pyrus have died just in Los Angeles? Yeah, and you know the crazy thing about it, Chico, you know, like I know, even when you start talking about, like, the eight trays in the 60s, right, that it started from Tyrone. So you got 40 years you know what I'm saying? Yeah. From a nigga that wasn't even from yeah. goddamn A-Trey 
kill this guy named Tyrone. So you got 30, you got niggas that are born into the beef that didn't even know you Tyrone. They didn't even know what it's about. They just know that, okay, a Trey is the, they, they the ops. You know what I'm saying? And that, that's the sad part about it. Motherfuckers is fighting on a lie. They fighting on some shit that they may not even know about, but it's just you train and then you got family members. It's just indoctrinated. Man, you know? it's like my little boys and the beef that they got about, you know, with baby line. Cause you know, yeah. they live three days, four days down yeah. from me. They in a beef that they have nothing in, like, you don't even know how this really started. Right, right, right. Over nothing. Yeah. Nine ounces. Like, real crazy shit. Crazy. No, Baby Lane dead. Jerry Stone dead. Mm-hmm. Michael Stone dead. The other Stone, everybody dead. Wow. Everybody dead was at that car wash. That's wow. like the ignorance in us. We just so quick to put it. Yeah, yeah, we deal with each other so heavy handed. So when you ask that question, do I ever, ever, ever seek some help? No. Yeah, I, I'm dealing with it now. Like, yeah, have you thought about it? I mean, do you? No, not at this point in my life. Okay, do I probably need some course? Yeah, but you know, because you you think about every time there's a shooting, they got therapists coming. In. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got shot and went to school the next day. Yeah, yeah. My man got killed in front of us. Nobody asks that we need some help. Right, he died in my arms. Right, right. This when I'm 15 years old. I ain't never got no help for that shit. Yeah, same thing with me. I mean, it wasn't like that, but the first person I, uh, my homeboy Lewis, got killed in front of me is accidental. You know, a friend of mine uh, was fucking with a gun, accidentally shot him in the chest. Fourth uh, of July, I was 13, and uh, you know, he bled out, hit his aorta. You know, but you never forget that. You know what I mean? Oh man, I'm on the front man. Been so many situations. I'm like, damn man. Yeah, I got pictures with just us and. They no longer just me. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Why am I still here? Why me? You know what I'm saying. Obviously, you got a purpose, though. I mean, think about what you're doing. You know what I'm saying. I mean, you know, man. I I I got big respect for you, especially to be able to make that decision to come out of prison and knowing that you can get to the bag. You know, you was around too. You saw. Yeah. You saw me like. (laughs) <laughs> the grind of like yeah. P man come on where you at like yeah, man, he, for sure. he, that's one thing I can say about P man promise you bro all these years we've been whatever he ever said to me he always did always do yeah he always showed up mm-hmm. even the last thing about the funeral you was at the funeral yep. when the kid got shot yep. in Compton yep. yep kid got shot man this 15 year old kid got killed yep they and couldn't he... even pay for the funeral I'll call P like cheat come get the money yeah you know what I'm Real saying talk. like yeah that's the stuff people don't know. Like, mm-hmm. you know, don't know all the stuff that we met on the side of the road. Yeah. Yeah. Money yeah, for sure. Money. You know, I, yeah, I'd have been there. Been yeah, there I'd have been like, there. Man. Yeah. Now nah, that's real shit, bro. What I'm curious, what was your connection? How did you connect with uh Mark Wahlberg? Through Penny, my Penny Marshall. Because, you know, Mark's situation was similar to just like us. Mark went to, you know, went yeah, to prison, sure. everything. Yeah, he from where you from? Boston? Yeah, he's from Boston. Yeah. So this is a people don't know. Like Penny put her put him in his first movie. Really? She was driving down since it's Penny Marshall. She's the, one of the biggest producers at that time ever. She's the first woman did a hundred million dollar movie. Wow. So she was, she was driving down Sunset seeing a billboard of Mark when he was Marky Mark. Yeah, when he was doing his underwear shit. And she yeah. called yeah. <laughs> um, what's his name? Calvin Klein, which yeah. they grew up together yeah, in New yeah. York. Yeah. And he said, that's Mark Wahlberg. So she called, like, I'm casting this movie. I need to come over. So Penny was your connection to Mark. Yeah. Okay. How did you how did you get connected with Penny? Because when I was like in the game, I was, you know, had season tickets to the Laker game. Mm-hmm. 
selling drugs. Mm-hmm. And then when I came home, I seen her. They're like, where you been? They're like, you know. Mm-hmm. And I came home from, I came home in 2001. So we've been like tight, tight since mm-hmm. 2001. Like, I'm, I go to all the dinners. I got to get everything to her house. Mm-hmm. You know, every game, I'm with her at every game. We become mm-hmm. like family because, you know, she taking me. I know the whole family, the brother, everybody. So mm-hmm. they treated me just like I was part of the family. So, so now she she even take me to meet Bill Gates, like some crazy shit. Mm-hmm. I take mugs. That's a blood. We both went to go meet Bill Gates because people like, oh, I want you to be my friend. Oh, Not mugs, knowing is Mugs from Inglewood. Yeah, mugs. Mugs yeah. went with me to yeah. go meet Bill Gates because Penny like, I'm going to take you to go meet somebody. I'm going to this concert. It was like we went to the House of Blues. Mm-hmm. But they got this band. It was called the Billion Dollar Band. So him... His other friend, the one just died there, um, on the Portland Trailblazers. What was his partner name? Who that? Bill Gates' friend. Uh, what was, what was Bill Gates' partner's name? I was looking up. Hold on. Um, he just died a few years ago. Yeah, Jobs. Not him. The other one. The other one. He on the Portland Trail. He's on mm-hmm. the Portland Trailblazers. Paul Allen. Okay. All of them on stage. So Muggs is with me. Like, see where we going? Like, man, we going to Penny? Want us to go to this thing? Get there is Bill Gates and his band, yeah. Paul Allen. Oh, no, I'm a billionaire. So I want you to talk to me. Go upstairs, me and Muggs, talking to Bill Gates. I'm just out of, I'm, I went out of prison like a year or two. Like Damn. here I am, me and Muggs, we in the same prison. Me and Muggs, <laughs> partners in prison. Yeah. yeah. We tell this story like nobody really believes it. Like it's <laughs> unbelievable. I left prison, now I'm sitting with Bill Gates talking to him mm-hmm. about some of the stuff that I was looking forward to do. Mm-hmm. Not only she sings, Tom Hanks, every celebrity, Penny hooked me up with him. Like, wow. You know, to help me raise money for and everybody helped too. Mm-hmm. Penny gave me parties to raise money for my foundation. Mm-hmm. And so she continued. And I, I ended up meeting Mark like probably a year or two after because she called Mark. I don't need Mark to come up to the youth center. He got to help. He, you know, so he came up there. Not only did he come, like Mark has came to my youth center, mm-hmm. served food. Mark have gave Mark bought a building for me. Oh, Western, he gave me his money to buy a building. Continue to sponsor my all my stuff that I was doing. We never talked about it, but he did it. Like wow. when people was talking about he racist. Like how can he ever be racist? Right. Right. This man been supporting my program since I came yeah, home. Yeah, when I seen that, you you see I stood up for you on social yeah. media. I was yeah. like, nah, that's Chico, man. You know what I'm saying? Man, he's been doing <laughs> stuff. I called Mark right now, and he going to answer, man. He going to answer. He going to like, Chico, what you need to do? I asked him to, like, you know, I asked him. Tiffany Haddish is, is one of the producers on my show. Mark, they produce on my show, and I made a call like, oh, Chico, if that's what you want, Got your back. I know you're trying to make it happen. Mm-hmm. So that's dope, man. Shout out to Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, man, man, Mark one of the best. I'm talking about he he did so much for he did so much for my for a place called home mm-hmm. for all the organizations that I did like behind the scenes like like P mm-hmm. like I, you know you can go back on website and check 15 years ago or 16 years ago him and P when I did that thing and watched that time that mm-hmm. festival it was mm-hmm. Mark Wahlberg yeah, and Master P yep like you know. And it wasn't about no publicity. I never like, no, I just did the shit. Mm-hmm. Now I think because of social media, make you know, okay, we're doing this. Yeah. But then it was just like, man, let's just make this happen. It's, mm-hmm. not, it's not for us, it's for the kids. Yeah. And so I think that's like, Mark gave me a great opportunity. He gave me a, right now the TV show I got. Because mm-hmm. Mark. Yeah. I seen he's executive producer. Let me tell you how this. You want to know how this happened? This is like unbelievable how this story happened. Mm-hmm. This TV show I just showed you. 
So I I was just filming this on the camera, like the Crips and Pyro's working. Mm-hmm. I just filmed on a, on a raggedy iPhone, iPhone four. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I filmed it, and I was like, "Penny, this is what I'm doing now. I got the Crips and Pyro uh, rebuilding houses that I got in Compton because I had to find some." She said, oh, "Okay, oh that's good, that's really good." She said, "Call Mark." I like. She said, "No, let's call Mark together because you might not call him." So she called him like Mark. Chico got something he want to show you. This is this is how this go. She, Chico got someone to go. He been filming Crips and Pyrus together, and he got a show. I think it is a good show. I think we can do something. So Mark's like, "All right, Chico, come over to more. Go to Mark's house. I got this broke phone, <laughs> and I was like, "All right," but I didn't know Mark had called the producer to meet me over there. So he called Forty Four Blue Rasha from Forty Four Blue. That's who does the Wahlberg. So Rasha meet me over there. We go over there. So I'm showing this shit on the broken phone. He laughed like, chick, I can't believe your phone broke like that. But this this is good. You put the crypts in power. I said, yeah. I'm, he said, well, why you ain't redoing the city? I said, because I ain't got the money to do the city. I'm just doing one house at a time. And he said, well, what, what if we can raise the money and you start rebuilding the whole city instead of just building houses? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, if we do that, we got something going. shit. And we can create a TV show following you, me doing this. That's how I ended up getting a TV show. It was Mark who came up with the idea of redoing the houses. That's dope. I had the concept. He came up. I was just doing houses. Now we start doing the building. Mm-hmm. He said, if Penny come on, executive producer, you already know I'm an executive producer. Mm-hmm. So Penny came on. He came on. Myself. And that was it. Mm-hmm. And then wow. when Penny died, that's why I asked P, man, look, man, I need you to come on too. Mm-hmm. Replace my... Uh, Penny, and mm-hmm. that's how, you know, we didn't have meetings, me, Mark, and, and P, and mm-hmm. the show was gone. It's at his company right now. Dope. So the piece I just showed you, that's in Mark Wahlberg, mm-hmm. me and Ambassador P, they could have produced that show. Oh, that's dope. That's dope. Yeah, we need that. You know, obviously the community needs it too, you know what I mean, more importantly. I mean, it, it's going to show so much, like, we can't get along. Mm-hmm. We don't have to kill each other. We can't, opportunities to do better opportunities to rebuild not just our city go to another city rebuild that city do you yeah we got to bring that shit to kansas it's city, no question yeah. we already talked about like yeah. different cities we yeah. want to do yeah right. yeah because my city man same thing kansas city is turned up you know we no. don't have we don't have the gang problem but you know it's clicks yeah i mean it's the the murder rate is off the chain no you know what i'm saying even we Kansas City broke a homicide record last year during a, a pandemic. That's crazy. I don't even know how that happened. They weren't even supposed to be out, but it, it, it happened. You know what I mean? So I don't know what that speaks to. You know what I'm saying? Is it just a generational thing or, you know, what do you think that like with this new generation, would you say that they a little more vicious than our generation, you know? I mean, not at all, because, you know, I'm just saying here in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. 85, 86, we average 1,500 murders a year in right. Los Angeles. Right. It's down 300. But that's yeah. way still too much. But yeah. just think about when Crips and Pie Rules in the 80s, it was 15, yeah. one year, I think in 80, 87, 88, it was 1,900 murders in this yeah. place. Yeah, I remember like, it was up. Yeah, it was up. It was crazy. Yeah. But I think now the difference is... You know, the different kind of drugs that they got. They, yeah. you know, like gaming back then, like they smoked certain, but not like now. They think it's like something just fun to do. Yeah. They take them to a whole different position, a whole level. And then the communication with the older dudes is not there like it used to be because the bosses, the older dudes have moved out the neighborhood. Right. 
Right. They lost their house because of crack shit. Yeah. So everything, the dynamics of it are all changing. Mm-hmm. And these kids are like, you know, they don't want to listen. Yeah, they don't respect the OGs They don't respect like that. You got to yeah. really get into them. Like, yeah, you got to be around them. You got to be around yeah, them. You got to spend what time What you do for them. the hood? What you do? You know, like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, it's funny because before, like in my generation, you know what I'm saying? Like I can remember one time. We was on the block. I'm like 14, 15. We had robbed a gun store. And so we was like, we had new guns, new 40s, all that shit, right? So we shooting at stop signs, dumb shit that young cats do. And I remember uh, Skinny, uh, Skin, he was from, he was a hustler from, from my block. And I remember we were standing out there and Skinny came over there and he was like, look, man, y'all little niggas making the hood hot. Y'all stop all that bullshit. Right. Now we, you know what I'm saying? Like we could have jumped skin. Like we yeah. got guns, you know, but we automatically, it was a, a respect because he was yeah. older than us, right? And we got guns and everything. We start, man, that'd be him. I'd be trying to tell him yeah. like, we, like we in trouble or some shit. But like nowadays, and it's funny because when he walked away, we kind of laughed at each other. We was like, did we just get punked by skin? You know what I mean? And, but nowadays you, you, you know, you try to tell him something. It's like, you know, you old ass nigga who you ain't my dad. You know who you think you is. It's, it's, it's a different, you know, mentality. And then most of the, most of the youngsters didn't grow up in that neighborhood. Like mm-hmm. we all knew each other family and we knew yeah. everybody around yeah. the corner. Yeah. Their mother knew too. them. Yeah. Now right. you got these dudes just claiming the hood, but they ain't really from They ain't there. really they from They ain't there. really they lived. They, yeah. they don't know your grandmother. Like we knew everybody, right. grandmama, the right. kids knew the down around the right. corner. But these kids come from other places and claim your neighborhood now. Yeah. You know, the makeup of it is different. Yeah. You don't have no love like we have for our neighbor or my homeboy around the corner or the next. We know everybody, every house, everything. And those dudes, it ain't even the same. You don't even walk from this corner to the next corner. Mm-hmm. You think, you do you think, because I'm a gun dude, you think weaponry plays a, a part in it, a different type of weapon? Because, I mean, like like back in my day, like, okay, you're a little older. So, like, you remember y'all had the 38s, the 25s, yeah. the shotguns, yeah, No right? question the weapon played different, like, you know. Yeah. Because when the Uzis came, it was like, right, man, like. But even with Uzi, you're only talking about 9mm, MAC-10, 45. Yeah. But now these okay. young niggas got Dracos, you know yeah, what I'm saying? It's a, it's a, they got yeah. military-grade weapons yes. now. So where back in the day, you might shoot a nigga, kill a nigga, and hit his partner. Now they getting four, five kills because they got assault weapons. That's true, man. And this yeah. is like. Where did all them come from? Like, right, right. Shit, a lot of these, well, not in California, but you go right in, the in Missouri, yeah. they buying that shit out the store. You know yeah. what I'm saying? The, the, and yeah. shipping them in California. It's a lot of dudes buy the guns, ship them back. For sure, yeah. And it's, 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 it's ridiculous, though. Or you just go across the border, people just buy them in people, Nevada. People, yeah. yeah. Just drive them back over. Right. That's happening all. Like I, yeah. Or Arizona, too. Mm, yeah, everybody. Yeah, it seems like everybody in L.A. go to Arizona. <laughs> everybody go <laughs> to Arizona. <laughs> Where you yeah. at, Phoenix? Yeah, I didn't heard chicks say, "Yeah, you know, I'm going to Phoenix for the weekend." Like, what you doing? You know, I'm thinking they're going to go strip. I'm going to go pick up a pistol. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> sad man, it's sad. Yeah. But like I said, that that example I showed you, man, that's the real part. Yeah, that, that that's yeah. real. How do we all come together, get along? We got to keep pushing. On yeah, that. I think is me. I think the solution is it's 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 a lot of different things. Like you said, it's it's economic, it's education. I think it's a, a shift in mentality, too. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes, you know, I mean, just, you know, we have to be accountable. And sometimes we be our own worst fucking enemy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, we we have such a, you know, we think about it. We celebrate criminality. 
You know what I'm saying? You ain't a real nigga unless you active. You know what I mean? We 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 equate real and being all of that with, okay, how much time you done done. Think about it. We celebrate a motherfucker coming home from a bit more than a motherfucker graduating college. True, man. That's so true. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But you know, too, we'll play a big part. Gotta play a big part. If you think about it, man, it's glamorizing yeah. Crips and Pyrus, like right. Crip walking. Yeah. Like, that really was something Mainstream, we did when man. we didn't shot somebody. You know, we, wow. Like, that's what we did yeah. after. Now you got kids like Crip walking. Mainstream. Don't even man. know. Don't even know what it what means. What the fuck? And you got rappers just claiming you you never live nowhere parts of this this South Central Compton yeah. Watts. But you claiming a hood. Yeah. But you never even been in. So you took this and glorified it around yeah. the world. But that's how you that's how you know that niggas be square and niggas really ain't real. Because I see that all the time and I ain't gonna call nobody out, but when you see certain entertainers, it's like, dude, you're a superstar. Yeah, man. That Why doesn't the make fuck sense. or it doesn't make sense because see what they don't understand, what, what we understand is okay, you claiming this set while you on tour, but you ain't tied tied in to what's yeah. going on in the hood. Yeah. You don't even know who the ops is. Cause you ain't there. You know what I mean? You just out here false flagging. You don't know what, what just happened last night with this hood and that hood and what it don't make sense. It, it's like hustling backwards. Man, look. I just happen to be born and raised in Compton. But if I wasn't, I'd know where I'd be claiming that. Right. I'm from Compton. Right. Right. That, that wouldn't happen. Yeah. If I was like all my other family that grew up in Morrisville, Louisiana, mm-hmm. that's where I'd have been from. They, mm-hmm. they not claiming no crip or no pyro, mm-hmm. but I was just happened to yep. been born here. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a choice in the situation. Yeah, yeah. But you have a choice in the situation, and you chose to get bunny and claim a neighborhood that you know. So when you glorify that shit, and you see little kids, yeah, want to be like you. And now he's carrying the red rag or blue rag. Yeah. And he gets shot in the head. He don't know what the fuck he didn't got himself into. Yeah, but you know what though? You know, I mean, me being in it in that world, some of that shit be, you know, these dudes be scared and they be getting extorted. Exactly. That'd be some of that shit too. They paying for protection, you know what I mean? And they want that look, you know. Yeah, but it's dumb as hell. It's dumb. It's crazy, man. And like nobody like when I if I leave like every day when I you know my office is in Burbank when I go to Compton mm-hmm. it's Crips all down the street every day mm-hmm. like you know I go kick it chicken but I you know I I'm not going to hang out like that no more yeah. bro yeah. my brother and them out there my nephew everybody am I from Pockethead that's where I was born yeah you know I can't say that I'm not affiliated like that right right but I'm always gonna be from over there yeah real talk. Right. It's not like, you know, yeah. if one of them, something happened to them, am I going to do a drop? Hell no. Right, right. No, same same thing with me and him. You know, I, I'm from Kansas City. I'm from a neighborhood called Faux Block. It's a crib, two C's, crib neighborhood. I'm always going to be born and raised. I came from the hospital right yeah. to there. You know what I mean? People associate me with that. That's just like they associate me with No Limit. Yeah. I'm never going to, you're never going to be able to remove me from No Limit. Yeah, yeah. This is what it is. He from North Highlands in Sacramento. You yeah. know what I mean? That's just what it is. And he's an executive. He's He's been able to navigate Hollywood, make a lot of money and all yeah. that, but he's still from where he's from. I, I left my city. That's what I did. Yeah. I left. And a lot of the people that you mentioned, um, like uh, Laska, who's, uh, she she's a sister in 44 Blue. Like, yeah. I, I worked over there. worked on a lot of yeah. projects with him. Yeah. Because they did lock up and they, they did, did lock up, bro. Yeah. yeah. I yeah, talked actually, to Actually, my guy checking the cameras, he's, he was the story producer on lock up for years. 
That's great. So I like talk we, to Rasha every day. You know, like yeah, Rasha because Rasha yeah. is part of this story that I'm doing right now. Like oh. you know, um, we have Rasha. Um, nah, they're good people over there. Good, good yeah, people. yeah. And his wife, I talk to him every day, man. Like putting the story together. Mm-hmm. Rasha, good dude. Rasha got a lot of films on TV right now. Yeah, I might need to holler at you like, uh, off camera. I got a show. You know, I'm shopping right now. So oh yeah, yeah, that's cool. You got to come see me. I'm right down the street. Yeah, for sure. You know, I got the editing room, the studio, everything mm-hmm. there. Just like I even got my own distribution. Like oh, that, dope, dope. that we made me kind of different from a lot of shit. Yeah. Like, like, I put it in a situation that was like, damn, like when Jamie Foxx, I'm kind of like, damn, P, like, damn, like, yeah. cheek. And, and when I first got into it, I really was playing because I really don't like this, this film business. I yeah. just start because I did that film with Vax and I did some other film. I really just like, oh, this is what I was supposed to be doing. Yeah, yeah. You know, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Until Penny hooked me up with these people 15, 16, 17. I did a film 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. But not really like oh, I'm just doing it because I know all the basketball players and you know, I just did that shit. Not till I did my own personal fan five six years ago that I really got deep into it. Like mm-hmm. I go I go to the office every day. I'm you know had take the meetings. I'm doing mm-hmm. a film in July like mm-hmm. a movie. So so I, speaking I, of I want to touch on music real quick before we go. You know, uh, me coming from where I come from, we grew up on that Compton shit on L.A. shit. Like what. Who who was you listening to back in the day? Like, and I know you said, well, let me ask you this, because I'm a big Easy E fan. You said you knew Easy. Yeah, man, he was Easy was. What cool. what kind of person was Easy? He was he was cool. I knew him before all this. Easy. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. You know, even if I'm going to his house just for other reasons, whatever. He's like Eric, you know. Uh huh. And then we got you know like Tidy T, like yeah. Spade. Tidy T makes like we all Spade. went to school together. Yeah, and me and Tidy T went to college together. So I yeah. know them like in, when Easy was in their garage. Yeah, and Easy Easy from neighborhood of Kelly Park. Kelly Park. Kelly Park. Okay. Yeah. So what kind of so what kind of person was Easy? Was Easy? I know he was more of a hustler. Yeah, than, he was more hustler. Yeah. Like you know, like all of us just in the neighborhood trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. He figured it out. Mm-hmm. So easy went in his hustling days. You know what I mean. He was never a big hustler, like just little shit. Just little shit. Little shit. Okay. Came over. Okay. Yeah. Good dude though. You know he he made some out of nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of dudes like when when Tidy T came up with the battle rap, they mm-hmm. could have really made it, but they didn't know how to make it. Yeah. Rodney O and Joe Cooley from Compton or mm-hmm. from L.A. They from Compton. They said they from Compton, but I can't. You know. Uh huh. Can't uh, place them. Yeah. I know t- like Spade is from Compton. I know these. Yeah. Dudes. Yeah. Who? What about uh eight? MCA yeah, from Tragnu. Yeah, yeah. We I grew up on the Compton shit, so you know what I mean. We was it uh, was hot. Yeah, yeah. That shit changed a lot of perspective of everything. It did. It did. Yeah. I, like I said, back when I was growing up, man, it was CMW, MC8, um, even South Central Cartel. Yeah. You know, SCC with Havoc and Prodigy and all them. You know what I mean? DJ Quick. You know what I'm saying? Even Quick. on the Pyru side. Yeah. yeah Quick. You know, if you think about it, Quick was the first Pyru rapper. Yeah. And he was the first one to really kind of fly the flag like that. I mean, he was speaking in code. If you knew, you knew. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He said all that. Yeah. But even on his underground tape, he now that he was a little more forthcoming, you know what I'm saying? Talking about the trees and all of that. But, you know, a lot of people don't give Quick that, that, you know, the props. Because Quick, you know, when he talk about a a ram being spooked. Yeah. Northern Spruce is like, that's just a few blocks ago. Uh-huh. North and the Ramby, that's, you know, that's mm-hmm. all to say. Because Corner Park right here, Fruit Town and Treetop. Mm-hmm. So it's all together. Yeah. 
Like, so corner pocket, me, y'all kind of surrounded by Pyro's. No, yeah, just going to to the right, but everybody uh-huh. else, like say Front Hood, Mona Park, uh-huh. Carver Park. Yeah, mm-hmm. if we go to the left, it's like you got to go through Fruit Town, mm-hmm. you got to go Treetop, then Palmer Block. Okay. Yeah, but Palmer Block is Crips on the other side. Palmer Block is Crips. Yeah, yeah, Palmer yeah. Block is in Treetop. They really like in the same neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And then it's just, you know. Yeah. yeah you Like, I can go through every neighborhood, every, every any part of LA I can ride and tell you exactly where I am. Yeah. Especially in Compton, every street, every corner, everything. Yeah. If it's, a, if it's in Largo, if it's a Spanish neighborhood, every corner I take, I know exactly what's going on, what feud, everything. Yeah, wow. Wow, so you dialed in like that. Yeah. That's good. That, well, that's why you can be effective in the environment. Every neighborhood. Know. I know somebody yeah. from every neighborhood. It's just yeah. a point of, oh, man, they feud with that, you know. Like, yeah. And that, and that's all my life. Like, even though, like, when I when I was going to Compton, mm-hmm. I actually walked straight through Fruita to get mm-hmm. to Compton. I had to walk mm-hmm. through, the, you know. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, all the time they gave me a pass, but they blew my car up over there, like all kind of shit. Damn. You say it blew your car up. Mm-hmm. Wow. The police stopped me, take don't take me to jail. Mm-hmm. Let the car stay there. Mm-hmm. As soon as I walk, mm-hmm. it blew it up. That happened, like damn, you know. So, so what you got going now? So what's moving forward, two thousand twenty-one? Like what's 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 the next step? I am actually Chico film, Brown. You know, I'm, journey. Like I said, I'm film, finish finishing this um, TV series that mm-hmm. has a home. Getting ready to start filming this documentary about my whole life story. Mm-hmm. Then the movie, I got a, I got a, like projects, man. Like mm-hmm. you know, I've been reading a lot of scripts, just taking in a lot of documentaries that I really want to do, like some real heartbeat stories, some real stories that some people like, damn, mm-hmm. this makes sense. They want to like show passion and like real stuff, man. Mm-hmm. Then you know, my company is it's called Cinema Libre Diversity. Mm-hmm. That's that's what, that was one of my main thing. Like when I started working at Cinema Libre. I was there, but I was the only black person there. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, no, nah, I got to diversify this. We need mm-hmm. some black I need some writers. So I ended up getting writers, producers that was black. So I sit at a table with all of them creating stories. Mm-hmm. People sending scripts. And this is the one. You know, I got a list of what movies I'm going to do next. And they don't have to be all black movie, but they got to be some diversity in these films that mm-hmm. I'm doing. And so that was my niche to really motivate me to stay in this game. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't see none that was behind the scene. That's what I'm trying to create too. Like, not all in front of the camera, but a lot of people behind the camera. Yeah, right. I right. need people in every aspect of this. And I think that's one of the reasons I'm motivated now to do more film because I bring in a lot of people, different walks of life into the assembly mm-hmm. with diversity. Mm-hmm. The film I'm doing is called Gitmo in the couple of July. Mm-hmm. It's a film about uh, Guantanamo Bay. Mm-hmm. So you talk about Arabs, you talk about blacks, you talk about yeah. white, all in this one film. Mm, dope, dope. I might be calling you out for the jail cells. <laughs> it's all <laughs> good. Holler at my man right yeah. there. Yeah. And you said you said you guys just did the Vaxxed film too? Yeah, I did that. Oh, did you? Mm-hmm. That was that was controversial. I Very mean, controversial. Mm. Ag Entertainment, that's me. But Cinema Libre, right, we right down the street. I've been there. I didn't even yeah. know y'all was here. Like, I could have walked here in 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. that's dope. That's dope, yeah. man. You did, your journey is amazing. You know what I'm saying? And you didn't even know these things. You didn't even know that you had that creative side to you even way back then. Man, you know, I, this is funny. Like, it's a poster in my office right now, a big mm-hmm. poster of P, because mm-hmm. I'm doing a film called Angola. Okay. So he committed to this film body seven, and you can look it up too, about seven, eight years ago. I like P, man. 
I'm gonna do this film, man. I just need you to be like, cheat, go, man. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> I haven't made the film yet because it was every time it changed. I had raised the money, but now the big the budget got bigger. Mm-hmm. But it's 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 a real heart heartfelt. It's, you probably heard the story about mm-hmm. these three dudes who went to prison in Louisiana, mm-hmm. and we see they did 43 years in the hole. Mm-hmm. Is it a true story? True story oh, called wow. Angola okay. Three. Oh yeah, stuff. yeah, I heard, I heard that. Yeah, yeah so yeah, Pete was playing it. one of the dudes. So Pete came down there, and met the dude who he he did thirty something. He had got out about seven, eight years ago. Mm-hmm. They love Pete to do that part, right? Like, mm-hmm. but I haven't did the film yet. I ended up doing Vax and another film, mm-hmm. but that's that's on my slate. I sent that to Netflix, like, because mm-hmm. I sent the slate of stuff that I want to do. Mm-hmm. But his poster is still in there. I was like, so P come down there one day. He drives Rolls Royce right, and he parked the handicap. Yeah, that's the what people he told his shit. Yeah, that's what he do. Yeah, he'll park. P the don't man give was so shit. he don't care. So he'll look. park in the fire lane. It don't yeah. matter. So the people next door had his shit on the thing. Like, man, what you doing? I said, man, I told you don't park because yeah. I got different spots to yeah. park. Pete just parked the <laughs> shit. And people probably they called the police. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, like, listen, Pete, boy, Pete be doing some real fuck shit when he parked. I'm talking about, yeah. I just seen him pull up on curbs. I'm like, Pete, bro, I don't think we should do this. He's like, come on, we just going to be in here in a minute. He didn't got so many tickets and told and all of that. Yeah, so that, that was one of the things. So, yeah, that's, yeah. That, that's what I'm doing, films, man. It's, yeah, that's dope, It's rewarding bro. once you get it on the screen. You know, it's like yeah. this film business is a hard grind, but once you're in, you're in, like, yeah. you know. Yeah, but you know that's what it is. Once you get in there and you get a viable product and you attach yeah. to it, then it greases the wheels. You know it what does. I mean? It's just getting in there. Yeah. yeah that's man. dope, Chico. Man, listen, I ain't gonna keep you. I you know, you got an amazing story and uh I appreciate you coming, bro. What I like to do on this show, you know, holding court podcast, is give people their flowers while they're here. You know what oh, I'm man, saying? Oh man, that's great. I just yeah. saw this show the girl ain't- <laughs> yeah, and I just want to tell you, bro, I appreciate you. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure the community of Compton uh, and surrounding areas appreciate you. You know what I mean? Your efforts, you know, it's commendable. Keep doing the great work you're doing. And I being appreciate a, it, a beacon man. Of hope I mean, we've been, we, we, we've seen each other a lot. We, yeah. I mean, we talk, but we never yeah. had this kind of conversation. Right. Of course, you know, right. we talk all the time. Right. Even on the phone. Yeah, for sure. Like so. One day I couldn't catch P. I called you like, man, where you at, man? <laughs> yeah. Like, you right here. <laughs> yeah, I made it happen for you. Made it happen. Yeah. Like, man. So yeah. yeah, so that's always a good thing, man. Yeah. So you keep being great, bro. I just want to give you your flowers. Appreciate while you're still it, bro. Here, man. Right on. Appreciate it, man. All right, thanks Hope for coming, you. brother. I love it, man. It was great. One love. All right. I'm home, cold, standing trial. Why ain't I see you round back when I was down? I'm home, cold, standing trial. Why ain't I see you round back when I was down? Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows 
from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.